Tengalengaleng, school bell ring, knife on fork, a fight for dumpling. Booyaka booyaka, your shabarankin, shabarankin disappear, tear another man's chin true. <laughs> I had no idea. Carlos, man, you caught me off guard, man. I was not expecting Shaba, man, but it was good. It was refreshing, man. Yeah, that brought I me like, back to high school. I like the old school reggae. <laughs> I was thinking like country, maybe. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking anything, but I was not thinking Shaba. <laughs> All right, we got something a little different today, man. I I, I got John. John more from uh, Stone Throw Construction and yes. also from Craft and Clerk. He was a, a former guest here. We did an episode. You remember what? What number that was? I'm trying no, to remember. No idea. Oh, man. In the two digits. In the two digits, right? Well, yeah. We'll have to go. We'll so I got to go back. back. But check it out. So he, he was talking about Craft and Clerk, and he was talking about Stone Scrolls Construction. John came up with this idea where he's like, how about doing a guest host kind of thing? Because I've got my, one of my co-hosts is MIA. I don't know where he's at. We'll leave him at that. He figures it out, right? While I'm doing other shows with Jim Carrick. But I said to John, I was going, yeah, yeah it's a great idea, man. If you have anybody in mind that you want to get on the show, please let me know. And here we go. We're meeting Carlos. And Carlos, you got Caveman Last Gaming. That's what you got going on. Yeah. Fairly new. Yeah, started so last year, 2020. We, so we want to hear a lot about all that stuff. So this is going to be an interesting thing. And I love that you got it started with Shaba there. We got a little bit of vino on the uh, the table here because, as you know, if it's dark out, there's vino while we record. That's just <laughs> how the rules are at TCL, okay? <laughs> so right off the bat, I want to say shout out to the VentureX boys because the Construction Life does have an office, a virtual office here at the space. And I'm in a Tobo. I'm sorry. I'm in an Oakville. So if you want to reach out to VentureX Canada, 289-644-2393. They have five locations in the GTA. Check them out, guys. We did a podcast with them. It was very interesting. www.venturexcanada.ca. Now, John, Stone's Throw Construction. Yes. What is it again, the URL? Stone'sThrowConstruction.com.com. So yeah. you're a landscaper yourself. Correct. Okay. And then you also have the craft and clerk. That's correct. And that's craft with the word and A-N-D. Absolutely. Clerk.com. Yes. And now you want to tell us a little bit about, for there, anybody else that hasn't gone back then time there, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think first I would like to, I guess, say that Stone's Throw Construction is now more than just a landscaping company. We do a lot of interior stuff. We're doing renovations and we're doing additions, trying to get you know out of the landscaping business. Oh, you're trying to get out of it? We're trying to get out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're evolving. We're evolving a bit. Okay, cool. Yeah. Actually, Carlos used to be our, our foreman. Carlos was our, our foreman when we were an active landscape company, landscape and masonry. When did you make the transition? It's still it's still a process. Okay, it's right. still a process. We're still trying to. Uh, we're not we're not totally stopping with uh, landscape and masonry, but we're just evolving. We're we're going in a different direction. Okay, cool. Yeah. And he and Carlos used to work for him way back when. Uh, yeah, we initially met uh, four years ago uh, when uh, we worked for Green Apple. Yeah, I think about like fifteen years ago, I would say. Okay, so now I just want to get the IG handles out. So the IG is craft and same thing as, as the word. That's clerk, right. Clerk, yep. right? To find you, John. And then also to find you, Carlos, it's caveman underscore landscapes. Correct. Right? And then you're also on Facebook. Uh, correct, yes. Okay, so before we get started, I always have a little bit of construction knowledge because there's all these terminologies that I'm still discovering, right, that I didn't even know. You guys have any idea what a diagrid is? A diagrid? A diagrid. Hmm. D-I-A-G-R-I-D. Like a diagram and a grid. It's it's not that kind, quite. It's a type of grid. 
<laughs> diagrid. <laughs> the idea behind a diagrid is pretty simple. It's diagonal and grid. It's diagrids are diagonally intersecting steel beams. Oh. That's what they are. Occasionally wooden or concrete, which help reduce the amount of steel used in traditional steel framing. Okay. So that's what I I didn't know this, but that's when you go and buy structures that are being built, and you see all those cross members. When did you uh, figure this one out? No, this is a list that I found man online, and oh, I yeah? just put this shit together, and then I send it out to people. And you guys, I just sound smart by doing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm like the game show host. That's all it is, man. So that's a diagrid. So now, what I, is diagrid? Diagrid. That's yeah. now everyone could talk about diagrid. So diagrid. right off the bat, I want to thank everybody for listening because the the listenership has grown really well. Like, yes, really well. I love it. I actually love it. And every single day, I'm reached out. Jim has reached out. I'm sure that people reach out to Carlito, but he doesn't respond because I don't know. He's MI. We'll leave it at that. Carlito's on a walkabout. A walkabout. He's he, on a walkabout. He could be on man. a walkabout. He's finding himself. He might be frozen in the snow right now. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe but he's in Mexico. I don't. I, I don't know if they let <laughs> him back cruise, in. Maybe. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> but we want to thank everybody for listening. And right off the bat, guys, if you want stickers, because I swear to you, every single day I get bombarded with requests for stickers, and all I do is I make notes. I get home. I write out the envelope. Uh-huh. I throw the stickers in there. I put the stamps on, and then I mail it out in the next morning. And that's it. They keep on going out. I nice. know that I've got like 400 stickers. So whoever comes first comes. Manny, gets it. is it just you? Running this conglomerate. That's it, man. Just you. That's it. Honestly, There's nobody man. else right now. Jim is not tech savvy. Carlito was not tech savvy. You are too much. So, so it's just I'm exhausted. And I'll be honest with you guys. It was it was a hard week. No doubt. It was a hard week. That's work. That's not altercation, right? Uh, I'm just showing some scratches on my my knuckles there. But um, it was a hard week this week, man, because I was in and out. You got. Who am I talking to? You guys are landscapers, man. You guys live in the cold. I get to just visit the cold Listen, and then come back in. Manny, this week, I hope everyone who's listening can can feel my Friday vibe right now. <laughs> I'm on a high. Yeah. We had a good, good week? day. We had a good week. I was at the cottage doing work for two weeks now. Nice. We just finished everything on a Friday. That's nice, eh? Nothing happens Early? on a Friday. Early. We're out of there by lunch. That's nice, man. Man, I'm telling you, I hope everyone can feel my vibe right now. It's amazing. <laughs> we have wine on the table. You know, the sun is just going down. It was and, a beautiful day, man. It, it was. It wasn't it was, cold, yeah. cold. It was good to be outside if you're a contractor. But yeah, yeah it was a beautiful day in Canada. We, we could start to see the turn. Yeah. March Definitely. is coming, so you know the little critters are start popping their heads out. Oh, it feels so good. It, feels it was so a, good. it was a rough winter. We, I won't I won't deny that. Man, it was a rough winter. It's been a rough year, but we don't want to talk about the c word. We don't <laughs> give a shit about the c word. Okay, Carlos, bring us down your story, man. Let's that, to tell us from the very beginning. Go as far back as you want, man. My family immigrated to Canada when I was eight. And what I, is your background? Uh, Nicaragua. From okay, Nicaraguan. Yeah, so we immigrated when I was eight. I uh, lived in Toronto my whole life. You know, in high school, I used to get good marks. Then I started falling off a bit. I thought I, w- I had it all figured out. I said, you know what? I'm going to be a tool and die maker when I'm done high school. Boom. I'm going to make 100 k a year, and that's going to be that. But obviously, life sometimes takes you different paths. And uh, I got into landscaping right after high school. Right after high school. You know, I liked it. It was hard. hard. It's hard work physically uh strenuous but i stuck with it i got good at it you know long story short at uh, 35 i started my own operation in the middle of a lockdown 
COVID lockdown. <laughs> That's ballsy. It's it's not a bad move, but I guess it's just you'll hurdle all the challenges. Like you'll just yeah yeah. You know, I guess it could only get better from there. I definitely had a lot of people telling me, you know what, maybe you should wait because of the COVID situation. But luckily, I uh, I listened to a lot of alternative news sources and. I decided I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to just take the dive, and I know it's going to be positive in the end. Right out of high school, you start working in in landscaping. Yeah. And then you do that for how long? For 15? Uh, 15 years, yeah. 15 years. And then at what point did you actually say, I want to finally go on my own? No, no. This has been a goal for, a serious goal for maybe, I'd say, 10 years. I just never had the focus to actually do it. So how is that feeling, though? Because, I mean, I know a lot of guys, a lot of younger guys are always thinking, yeah, I want to work for somebody. I want to gain a lot of experience. Eventually, I might want to run my own ship. How do you make that first step without getting too nervous where you're like, am I going to make too many missteps? Well, I went back to school in, uh, in 2019. I went to Humber and I did a one year program. It's called uh, Carpentry and Renovation Tech. How is that course? It's great. It's yeah. great. I learned a lot. It's one year, like no breaks. So three semesters straight. And you learned uh, the whole general aspect of construction, uh, home construction, interior. So that complemented all my landscaping experience. You know, you also learn stuff like Ontario Building Code. Uh, you learn OBC. How to yeah. OBC, yeah. <laughs> you learn how to read blueprints better. You have some financing in there. You know, most of the professors have a business, so they... They actually know what they're talking about, the real world. So I decided to take that step to make sure when I do branch out, uh, I'm not making any unnecessary mistakes. Would you recommend it to uh, to like a, someone who's thinking about starting up a business? Uh, yes, I would. Especially if you if your business is uh, interior rentals. I would is that right? Uh, interior rental people should definitely take this course. Yeah, yeah. It's a one-year course and... You got so much to gain out of it. What are some of the things that you picked up while you were taking that course? So we have these modules. You build a a room from the ground up, from the framing to the drywall to the tiling. Very basic electrical, very basic plumbing. You just get a a, a nice big scope of the whole project. I got to ask you, Carlos, because I haven't been in those classrooms, right? But the thing is, what's the general vibe in those classrooms? How many people are we talking about? How many students are we talking about? I think in my uh, program there was 25, okay. 25 people. What was the general vibe out of those 20, the two dozen? I was probably one of the oldest ki- uh, people there. General vibe is people coming straight out of high school into the program. So some are not taking it as serious. They don't really know what they have right now. But Is it like real world where it's a bunch of millennials on their phone while they're cutting wood? Uh, no, no, not no, Instagramming. No, no. The <laughs> Check out the saw, guys. Hashtag DeWalt. <laughs> In the shop, it's, it's pretty strict. You know, you, you have to wear your uh, your uh, hard all your hat. PPE, your, all your PPE, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. No, you can't be on the phone. Um, I think almost everybody passed because they put the effort. That's important, I think, to have some some real life training and also like school school education if you are going to get into the trade. To have a balance, it, it really sets you up. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, for good, sure. it's good, especially for young people who are straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. You have to admit that not everyone is is set out for college or not everyone's set out for, you know, pushing a desk. Some people have to get outside, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think there's actually more and more people interested in trades nowadays, which is really good, especially totally. when there's such such other opportunities outside of trades, right, that these younger kids wouldn't really consider trades. But I think... 
as much as I've thought Instagram or just the selfishness of construction being profiled, I guess, mm. I still think that it's actually benefited quite a bit. I think it's made trades attractive to this younger generation. Do you think that with the lockdown and the restaurant industry being closed down and retail, so all of those uh, maybe entry level jobs, the construction industry just kept powering on. Yeah. So do you think that that made us more viable? I think it's a good point. I totally, I, I, I definitely think so. I just read recently there was an article on the National Post uh, talking about how the government is talking about bringing more of an influx for specifically trades because yeah. basically they're talking during the course of the pandemic and we don't want to make the show about the pandemic because we've spoken about it before but i think you're over 300,000 people have lost their jobs Man. in ontario this oh. is ontario right yeah. so we're we're a small province so to you know in scope of things for outside of canada here that's 300,000 so they're trying to make it more attractive so they're trying to do some rebates on school loans mm-hmm. and rebates on courses that they're trying to get more kids into trades and yeah. they want to focus on that which is great and it it reads really well and I've got a podcast coming up with a rep from uh, OYAP, right? So the Ontario Youth Apprenticeship Program. Mm. And, and that's going to be an interesting subject to bring up and talk about. But I definitely agree with you that I think the pandemic with the lack of work in the hospitality industry, I yeah. think a lot of people went into construction. Yeah, totally. And, and, and maybe they, they surprised themselves. They, yeah. they thought, well, I never really thought about construction this way. But I think if they actually went on social media and looked at what construction or how it's been portrayed they might find it attractive now. I yeah. think I think the generation, my generation, the generation after us and everybody else, I think we've actually done a pretty good job of making it a cool career. Yeah, you have to admit that no doubt there's some, uh, maybe some degenerates in the industry. There's going to be that in every industry. Right, right. Right. But, man, there, there are some, there are some uh, electric people in, in, the, <laughs> in the industry. There's yeah, some entertainers, there's, there's man. There's degenerate lawyers. And That's true teachers that's <laughs> every true, in yeah. every industry right yeah, so, yeah, so not to bring down again but uh with all the people out of work do you think there's going to be more startup contractors like yeah, that's I the concern a hammer and i think that's the concern that yeah. are you going to get the fly by night the jokers that yeah. have kind of we were trying to separate ourselves from for right. the longest time and then you know you get a lot of people that are are, are choosing them to do the work instead right. of a legitimate contractor. Yeah. Legitimate contractors have a certain kind of overhead and their numbers cost a certain kind of cost. Absolutely. And the thing is, I've always told clients that if you get three legitimate contractors, their numbers are going to be very, very close to each other. Yeah. It's the jokers that you get in that are really low or you get the other jokers that are giving you the FU price. Yeah. And But they still listen to those two jokers, right? Yeah. And it, then that's what I don't like. So I, I, I think that we've said this before on the show. Come 2022, I think you're going to get a rash of these jokers, so to speak, that mm-hmm. might give the industry a bad name while we're all trying to give the industry a great name. So yeah, we'll see I what happens. That, that might be a possibility. It, it, we'll see because everybody is looking for work, right? Yeah. Sure. Spring is coming around now. Hospitality is going to sort of bounce back a little bit, yeah. but it's not going to be survivable. I mean, I just got news that Mrs. Fields is completely gone from this country now. What? That's devastating. They've closed all the shops, man. I'm not joking. Ooh. Mrs. Fields, no more cookies, man. In <sighs> Canada. Really? She's pulled out of all the malls, all the locations <laughs> because of the pandemic. This is a serious issue, man. I'm this telling is, you, this is serious. This is a cookie pandemic this happening. This is cookie, man. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> but I've been to the Mrs. Fields in Beverly Hills, by the way. So I just, I mean, like that, I don't think it's going to get closed. But the thing is, we don't want to talk about cookies. We want to talk about construction. <laughs> <laughs> cookie construction. All right. So, Carlos, so you finished it. You went back to school. You learned quite a bit. 
and now you pull the trigger to start your business. Uh, yeah, I pulled the trigger. I got the truck. You guys have a lot of overhead. I think I mentioned this to you. Huge and amount. You guys have a shitload of overhead, man. Yeah. See, landscaping is definitely a lot. Why don't of... you start a concrete company while you're at it too, man? Like... <laughs> <laughs> or maybe well, a masonry company. Yeah. I mean, well, some concrete is, is in part of the package. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's a, that's a lot. That's a big ticket items, right? You know, with the truck now and COVID, you, I had to make the call right away. Do it or not. You know, go work for uh, Stone's Throw or whoever, right? <laughs> or, uh, you know, just dive in full out. And I just chose to dive in. I'm wondering in your, without getting too personal, like in your circle, your environment, your life, who was yay or nay on this? Like who was opposing and who was actually supportive uh, my wife was supportive. John was supportive. Few, uh, few, f- most of my friends were supportive. It, the 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 nays were mostly uh, contractor acquaintances that you know said, uh, maybe you should wait one year or maybe you should think it over. Maybe they're insecure. What you was know? their reasoning for their judgment? Oh, their the reasoning was the COVID. You know, the, oh, this is a bad time. Every everything's getting shut down. There's not pro- there's not going to be a lot of work. Are and they acquaintances or are they competition? No, no, they're they're they don't some they don't have a business. No, they're not competition. I guess maybe it was coming from a good place the advice, but at the same time, uh, it wasn't good advice. Well, so. I, I commend you for for taking that jump. I mean, I'm I'm totally supportive for someone who wants to follow their dreams. Carlos, I've known you for a very long time. You've been a coworker. You've been a foreman of mine. Actually, when I hired you back in the day, I said, you know, where do you see yourself in, in five to 10 years? Carlos, right off the jump, I'd like to start my own business or have my own crew. I personally look for that. I love it. I yeah. love that, that fire that someone has, right? That usually means to me, this individual is going to be a sponge. They're going to absorb everything and, and hopefully they can have their workmanship on par with how I feel. If they have that sense of, business ownership or they can own their workmanship. I love it. I love it. And if if that person lasts a year, lasts six months or maybe five years, I love that that's always in the, on the back burner. They're, they're always making want to make that jump. And I think that's important. You want to see that in anybody that's trying to make that jump, right? Yeah. yeah. You want to see that hunger, right? So how long has the business been open now? Let's say May 2020 till now. Okay. Yeah. So you're coming up on a year. Yeah. So how was the winter? Winter's always harsh for landscape. Yeah, winter I've been off actually uh, helping a, a buddy with a little snow, uh, snow shoveling and plowing. But it's been pretty pretty slow, yeah. But how was last summer? Last summer would have been the challenging because from what I understood that most landscapers were incredibly busy with pools and backyards and decking and all kinds of stuff. But that was not the case? or No, no. Last year was pretty busy. I think good. I only had one uh, month that was... A little slow, but definitely was busy last year. And then what are you planning for this year? The same thing, or are you still uncertain? This year I plan to go straight to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I just, you know, now that I got my feet wet, I'm going to dive in hard now. You know, maybe hire another guy. And uh, So you're, you're, you're looking for growth at this point? Yeah, but not considerable growth, just, uh, just to stay busy the whole year. You know, nothing crazy, not like two crews or nothing. Just one crew, just busy the whole year. 
until Christmas. That's okay, what so we talk about crews, right? So you guys can both answer, answer this. But the thing is, in landscaping, how big is a crew? Like, who do you need for what? Because I'm assuming that you got special guys that take care of concrete, masonry, hardscaping, soft, landscaping. Or how is it? Like, how big does the crew get? Everyone has a different opinion on that. Okay. So I think a three-man crew is perfect for doing design-build hardscaping. With landscaping, you have to be very specialized. You need to be a machine operator. You need to know grades. You need to have a design eye because you're working with different textures, different colors. You have to be almost a carpenter because you're building decks and you're building fences. And they all have to go uh, they, ha- they all have to kind of mesh with, with, with each other. So the three-man crew, because that's what I've, I'm used to. Like a smaller outfit, I'm used to a three-man crew. Yeah. Who's doing what on that crew? you got the foreman who basically leads everything, right? But then the other two guys are doing what? Usually labor. If you have a three-man crew, one guy is running the show, then you, know, you, you have your lead hand who kind of knows you know, how to do the job, but not exactly alone, and then you have a labor. Carlos, a very important question. Who's getting the coffees? The foreman <laughs> or the lower guy on the totem pole? I, it depends on their age because from what I hear, they Uber the shit out of everything nowadays. <laughs> so, that, was, that was lunch this year. All Uber eats. I don't get that, man. Seriously? It's, it saves time. It the, saves time. I have a hard time. Okay, listen. I was just told today that someone I know did two men to feed two men, including himself. It was a $50 bill from Uber. Oh, where are they getting? A veal sandwich? I don't know what they're getting, but I'm telling you, man, like that doesn't, the saving time part, you're paying money for. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I go grocery shopping twice a week and I make my lunch and it's ready there. And all I got to do is heat it up in the microwave, which is on the job site. So, well, Manny, yeah, that, that, on that your sites, wait, I got <laughs> on your site, sorry for interrupting, who, who gets the coffees? We uh, have an espresso machine on site. He's set up. But if you're not set up, Uber Eats. If I was a landscaper, (laughs) I'd have an espresso machine set up too because I'd have a generator specifically just for that machine, right? Like it's just, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't get the fees of paying Uber, man. No, definitely. This year, I'm going to bring my lunch sandwich or heat it up, get the little microwave. You got to. It's just Carlos, everyone knows you're eating salads, buddy. (laughs) You're going to the gym, you're eating salads, maybe a little quinoa. Quiche. <laughs> so, so what are some of the things, Carlos, that you didn't do last year that you were hoping to do, but it kind of prevented because of what was going on in the world? Work-wise? Yeah. Because your first year out, you're coming out, you're starting out of the gate, and you obviously you were planning on doing a certain things, but then all of a sudden maybe you were just playing a little safe just in case because of what was going on. I can't really think of something in specific. I, you know, I did the jobs. It went, it worked. It worked, yeah. And then so now this year you just want to get more aggressive more aggressive you know get a trailer a dump trailer and just stay busy you know uh, learn the business inside out more and progress you know i can remember my first year when i started when i pulled the trigger and i was working out of 2002 uh, ford focus hatchback <laughs> I, sw- I swear to god with I, spinners on it what was going there, on there? no there was no spinners <laughs> there was wheelbarrows in the back okay but Plural. There was two wheelbarrows in the back. You of can a f- fit two wheelbarrows in a 2002 Ford Focus hatchback. Wow. I'm impressed now. So I'm wearing a shirt, Leona Stone. Okay. I would bring back skids from like Bannis Stone or Oakville Stone in my hatchback. And <laughs> and if anyone knows the Bannis skids, they're, they're not just a regular flat skid. They have sides on them to hold coping and stone yeah. and that. 
And I would stuff those hardwood skids in the, in the back How? of the fort. How? It fit? You fold the seeds down and you just stuff it in. You never Sometimes thought to maybe a roof rack and throw it on there or something like that? I or? had dreams of a truck. Oh, that's what it was. Truck. That's what it <laughs> was. Eh? Okay. Landscapers <laughs> love their trucks. You got the green monster, remember? The yeah, dually. That's right. Yeah. 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 I remember that, that, that hustle of like, I don't care what it takes to get this job done. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I think it's very inspirational to hear other people's stories. Yeah. I, at, at the time, I don't think I took a step back to kind of analyze it or, or really talk about it. It was like I put my blinders on and nothing else mattered. It was interesting that you just said that because the thing is that you weren't worried about what your clients or other trades were thinking of you driving a Ford Focus. You were more... I guess, proud of the fact of actually making a Ford Focus work. Hey, man. I, that's, <laughs> like, that's impressive, man. So I, I, I remember uh, the next step up from a Ford Focus was a... Um, a Ranger? It, it was a, it was a Mazda B four thousand, which is the same as a Ranger. <laughs> Do they still make the B four thousand? I don't know. I don't know. If I they make they. it. It's, I, I always thought that car, that pickup truck, was exactly the same as a Ford Ranger. Wasn't it, it is chassis, engine, it everything is, is the yeah. same thing, it's, right? It's the exact just same badging's thing. different. That's all it is. Man, life is good. Moving from a Ford Focus to, <laughs> to uh, a B to a, to a That's right. Oh, it's so good. You got well, a bed now. No, hey, yeah. guys, what was the color of the Focus? Uh, blue. 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 And what was the color of the Mazda? It's black. Black. Yeah, <laughs> that's upgrade. Mazda, that's an upgrade. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask you, Carlos, what's the truck that you're driving? Uh, Ram 2500. Okay, so you're a Dodge guy. That dealership was good. They said, you know, this is your uh, the plan for you, you know, and I took it. I had to jump with it, right, because it was, a, it was I think, the May times, you know, when I decided to let's go for it. If I get this truck, it's it's game on, you know. So I went for it, and yeah, got the Ram twenty five hundred now. And it serves its purpose. It does the job. It works. Oh, definitely, it's it's great. It okay, pull. It but now pull. this year is about evolving and getting more the dump trailer and getting a bunch of other stuff and establishing the business. Not too much machinery. Just I just want no days off. You know what I mean? I want to have a system and I want to work every day when a landscape guy says i want no days off does that mean five days a week or does that mean like five days a week where there's rain mm, rain you know rain days rain days are a blessing and a curse yeah they're a blessing when it's you know 30 degrees out for a week feels like 35 feels like 38 yeah. a rain day is like ah oh, so good however <laughs> one rain day puts you three days behind is that that's the ratio for sure because yeah, sure. it gets muddy and and you can't really perform when you return when it stops. Yeah, yeah, like, it depends. But so yeah. what does that mean? You guys are coming in on the Saturdays and Sundays. Is that the idea to catch up at that point? I try not to work Sundays, but so what's uh, what what sets Caveman Landscaping from from another startup? What sets you guys apart? My years of experience, my schooling. I would say that Caveman would rather lose a day of labor than not do the job perfect. Like I, I can't sleep at night knowing that that cut was a little off or, you know, the, the slope's not perfect. Like I need to make sure the job is done right, then I can go home. Where does the name come from? Like who came up with the name? I uh, love the name, by the way. Caveman. Well, I'm no, a caveman eh? personally. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, we are technically all of us are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you do landscaping, you're, you're probably a caveman. No, it's because, you know, you work with stone and just came up with it. 
Carlos, what was your what was your first job as as caveman landscaping? It was for stone throw construction. For real? Yeah, that job in the bridal path. Ah. That uh, interlock and siding. Right oh, that to really the top. Cra- that huh? crappy neighborhood in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Right I, to the I, top. I started. Uh, <laughs> I started in the lower end neighborhoods. <laughs> the hood. In the hood. In the, in the hood, eh? In the ghetto. You're not of the sure if you're gonna path. leave a pallet of stone there if it's gonna still stay there, right? You know, we don't some, know. Some guys start with a Ford Focus. I start in the bridal path. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's not what you know; it's who you know, right? <laughs> oh man, um, <laughs> that's too funny, actually. Actually, man. <laughs> so that really, that was the first one in the bridal path? That was the first one. And what was the job? What was the, what was the task here? Uh, it's some interlock and some new sod. And I didn't even have my truck at that time. I got a buddy with a van to help me bring my tools. But that was the official first caveman. And you job. know what? I have to say, that sod looked like carpet. It was perfect. Was it nice? It was perfect. Yeah, perfect. who's making the best saw these days? I don't even know shit about grass, but I usually get it at Spielman's. What's are it, what, we talking? Are we talking sod right now on a Friday? Yeah, I want to know about grass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there's three guys right now drinking wine, talking about grass, but talking, it ain't are about, we talking about lawn. Grass right now, it ain't about lawn. I'm telling you that right now. We hey, are who's in got Oak that good grass. Yeah. So okay, so I I got John here from Stone Stroke Construction co-hosting the show with me. Yes. And then uh, he's also craftandclerk.com. So stonestroconstruction.com. That's correct. That's correct, right? Yep. And then on IG, it's Stone Stroke Construction. Yes. And then it's also craft and A N D clerk uh, on IG. And then we've got our guest here, Carlos from K- Caveman underscore Landscapes. Correct. On IG. And then also on Facebook. Correct. And then we're at Ventures X offices in Oakville. So 289 644 2393. These get offices are, are, uh, are amazing. No, I love these spaces, man. They're, they're and I perfect. love the fact that you can actually go to any of the locations. Yeah. I don't have to necessarily so, go to this one. Oh, so you can. You can uh, like kind of hopscotch around. Yeah, How yeah. many locations my, do they have? There's five of them, right? In Toronto alone. But wow. they're growing. But the thing is that my membership, the way it works, is that I can come to this location, I can go to the three in Mississauga, I can go to the one in Richmond. So it's a it's a membership? Yeah. Ah. Monthly. That's all it is, man. I love it. I, I love it, right? And they're so, all set up with the booth and everything? They're like set up with the boardrooms, your office space, the open common space, the kitchen, printing, Wi-Fi, everything. Beautiful. I love it. Like, we don't all need office space, right? That's yeah. the thing about it. Yeah. Okay, Carlos, I want to get back, right? Caveman landscaping, man. What else do we want to... What What is your specialty, man? I'd say hardscaping, uh, natural stone porches, interlocking, uh, retaining walls, some softscaping too, planting. Drywall tiling. <laughs> <laughs> only if you're only if you have the course. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, let, let's get into that because I know that a lot of old school guys will do stone, wet lay stone, but a lot of new school guys are using mortars and thin set mortars to actually wet lay stone yeah. but then old school guys are like smacking the heads of the old the young guys because they're like what are you doing that's a tile product why am i using a tile product on a stone outside you mean ex- on exterior on exterior i use mortar with the bonding agent the yeah. milky stuff yeah and i brush it on the stone and i put the more i brush it on the concrete i put my mortar down my type s and I brush the stone. I put my stone. I find it's easier to level, and it that with that bonding agent, it really sticks. So, what are some of the things that the guys in the landscape industry are doing wrong right now? Like they're just cutting. What are the cutting the corners kind of thing? Uh, oh my god! The oh, there's a lot. Where do you start? <laughs> I didn't know if I opened Where up a Pandora's start? box here. What's going on, man? I think man? the biggest one is 
they'll excavate two inches yeah. and lay, lay their stone. Oh, the base. The base, yeah. The base. The sub-base is, is the recipe for success. Yeah, that's what makes anything uh, last. A thousand percent. Right now, I'm talking to a client who wants to build a deck in the backyard, and the first conversation we had was, I want to put a concrete pad first and then build a deck on top of on sleepers on pvc sleepers ah so he wants to still put his Wait, so he wants to put like six inches of gravel yeah put four inches of concrete yeah then put pvc sleepers on top of the concrete okay and then secure the the decking on top of the pvc sleepers why because he doesn't want that to move at all and he doesn't want any moisture to get anywhere near his decking it's going to create moisture how is it going to create moisture so snow so I pvc guess, sleepers first of all what's what's on the top uh, he's using composite. And how far? Deck. So how 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 high are the sleepers? The sleepers are an inch and three quarters from the concrete. You're gonna have snow and ice underneath that deck. No, no, on top you have a slope. Concrete. You have a slope on the concrete. You think so? I think so. But it's worse if you were to build a PT substructure out of joists on piers. It, it's gonna be on grade. It's gonna be on grade. So you have a height difference. Your your benchmark is low. Yeah. So he wants to keep it high, like he wants to keep it to grade. Yeah. But he's doing all this, so he actually wants to put foam, rigid, stone. Yeah. Stone, rigid, concrete, sleepers, deck. I think that's. I think it's a little overkill and an inefficient overkill. I think you're gonna have. I think you're gonna have snow and ice build up sitting on top of the concrete, even if there is a slope because it drifts. Yeah. And and with the freeze thaw. You're gonna have ice building up and stopping the water from from flowing. So how would you do it then? You're at grade. That's that's the hard part. Because so, I've built decks before at grade, and and yeah. I've already given the warning to the clients. Going, listen, it's P PT is PT. It's yeah. not submersible. So maybe what you want to do is excavate, put a put a, a permeable aggregate down below. What's the sub base? Is it sand or clay underneath? It, it's a mix of both. It's more clay. So if it's loamy topsoil and it has good permeation, then maybe you excavate. But if it's clay? Uh, if it's clay, you have a problem. Pool, right? Yeah. 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 You have a problem because it won't dissipate enough. Although, if you excavate enough and have a permeable aggregate underneath the deck, that's basically a French drain. Yeah. It takes a lot of water to you know, fill up a French drain. Say if it's six inches by... 10 feet by 10 feet, that's a lot of water to accumulate to get up to the that, pressure tree. That members. surface, yeah. Right. So, so how would you guys handle that? You get, Because here's here's the thing. Here's the, okay, the client's an engineer. Ooh. So he specced this out specifically. This is how he wants it done. Uh, so I'm like, I'm fine with it. I can do it. Yeah. But this is, I agree with it. Like the, the conversation is about grade. The yeah. issues is about grade. It's but the thing is, grade, he's yeah. literally about less than 12 inches from the top of his threshold on his sliding door. What's the span you're doing? It's the whole house. I think we're at about 32 feet mm. on the so, back. So there. the concrete would be level with the deck. One step down. It's going to be probably about four inches away from the actual threshold of the sliding door. And then it'll be sloping greater than it'll probably be a half inch per foot to get to the yard on the other side, right? So he's going out about 12 feet. I don't know. How I, would you build that? I, I think I would do a permeable base so that it, it essentially creates a French drain below the deck. And then you build with PT choices? Correct. Really, yeah. huh? Yeah, I think so. No you're gonna, concern you're about have, it rotting over time? Not with a permeable sub-base underneath the deck. He's going even further now. He's getting me to quote it to put piers. piers. So he, he wants to frost line. Oh, so he wants to have piers underneath the concrete slab four feet below grade. 
That's uh, smart. Actually. That's smart. That's smart. It's smart, so it's not going to move. Yeah, no, right. That's smart. But but then I made the suggestion of going helical piles instead of the piers there because it's actually cheaper. It's going to work out to be. Yeah. Because we are talking about almost forty four piers. Yeah. So if you were to dig auger forty four piers, fill them up with concrete, throw a rebar, and they're connected to the rebar for the concrete slab. Yeah. And then build on top of that, you might be better off with just going helical you have piles. A high labor cost. Yeah, a yeah. lot of labor there, man. Yeah. Even yeah. if you got a concrete truck coming in here and you're pouring, you still got wheelbarrow driving going into each one. I think, I think just mention, so ask him, what, what's his solution for uh, the freeze-thaw? When moisture gets underneath the deck, it drifts in or maybe drips down in between the composite. It Say it's like tonight or today, it's 8 degrees or I 7 agree with degrees. You. you are going to get snow and ice build up on top of that concrete. But then again, you have PVC sleepers, so... And they so PVC sleepers do not wick moisture. Yeah. So they will not transfer moisture from the concrete to the deck. And then the decks are composite as well. It's not even wood. That's why I'm not concerned about the decking. Yeah. I kind of respect the concrete slab, piers, PVC sleepers. That's a well built deck. Well, I think that's an insane deck. That's a, that's what, the kind of deck that you would want public spaces to be built that way. You know what I'm <laughs> right. saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because yeah. that you want it to last, right? right? Right. So I don't know how we even got onto that tangent, but how did we get over there? I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. But you were just uh, you were just explaining your your side job, your Saturday job. <laughs> <laughs> Not my. I don't work Saturdays, man. My, my I have my second and my third job on Saturdays. That's what I got going on. What's your <laughs> What's your second and third job? But this thing, man, putting this how thing many, together. How What's your so you What's your day What's your day like? On what day? It does any on an average day. Is there an average day for you, or, or every Monday day to is... Friday is pretty much the same. It's a four a.m. wake up. It's a 10 p.m. bedtime. Yeah. 4 a.m. wake up. What I generally do is I have... Why am I telling you? This is not me. I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm curious now. Why do you oh, get up at 4 a.m.? Because I, I started getting up at 5 a.m. Two and a half years ago, I started getting up at 5 a.m. The reason I got up at 5 a.m., you get a lot more done in the morning. Mm. You do. So were you a morning person? I'm definitely a morning person. Yeah. I've always been a morning person. Yeah. Right. So even coming from the film business, like we always woke up early if we had to for specific yeah. days. Yeah. Right. So I actually shifted to 4 a.m. because I still needed more time in the morning to get certain things done. And so I found that those extra I don't get on the road until 630. So if I get up at 4 a.m., I have two and a half hours to get a lot done, the uninterrupted hustle. done. I like it. Right. And that's really important to me. So right off the bat, an hour of reading right off the bat. And that's and the reason I do that is because. They say the moment you wake up, not like groggy, I went out last night partying and drinking and all this mm -hmm. other stuff, and then you kind of force this. The moment you wake up, you set your alarm and you wake up and your eyes are awake, your mind's awake. That's it's the deep. best time to have your mind open, and that's why it's best to read right first thing in the morning. So I read for an hour, and then I start doing with my social media. I'll tweet. I don't know if you noticed, but I've been tweeting yeah. every single morning. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tweet that, right? And then I'll start making my lunch, getting all that ready. And then I'll be checking emails and then I'll be replying back. And then I start getting myself ready and I get into my van and I get on the road by 630. Manny, do you have a Mrs. Manny? There is a Mrs. Manny. Yeah. She doesn't like it that much because she doesn't have to wake up that right. early, right? Yeah, yeah. But I just, I hug her and then she goes back to sleep. That's sure. the thing about yeah. it. Yeah. So it's just how it is, right? And I like the fact that I get on the road by 6.30 and then I get to the job site by 7.30. It's really nice to be the first one on site. 
It's amazing. Are, are you the first do. one on site? I'm generally the first guy. That's that's a good start right there. Yeah. And if I'm not, then I'll text whoever I think is going to be the first guy. And I'll go, listen, I'm running a little bit late. Yeah. And I'll get there at, at this time for this yeah. reason. That's right? right. Yeah. Then you do your whole day. And then I try to wind the day down by about 3.30, 4.30. And then I get back on the road and I start doing the conversations, the phone calls and all that other crap. I make my way through the Toronto traffic. Mm. And then I get home. I start replying back to the emails again. Yeah. And then I start making dinner, and then I get ready for the evening. Uh-huh. And then I start all over again. So that's the Monday to Friday. And weekends? Weekends, I commit myself to editing the podcast, getting the podcast out You do out your there. own editing? Yeah. Uh, so I sit here, and I, I sound, and I, I figure out how to make it sound better and clean it up. And, and you know a lot what? of people don't know that, that that happens, man. Yeah, you you do you do an amazing job. I remember yeah. the last podcast, yeah. you you would send revisions, you yeah. you know... You're, you're very responsive. How do you think about this? I don't care. Like, I'm not outed to make anybody sound like crap. Like, it's yeah. not, that's not my objective here, right? The objective is like, we want to share the story. Yeah. We yeah. want to share the story. So that's really important. Yeah. But that takes time, man. It, it does. does take time. So, yeah. I mean, this is show number, this is show number 130. <sighs> 130, man. That's 130 a, that's a lot shows. Of content. That's, that's a lot insane, of content. That's insane, man. Yeah. So it's And like, you know what? You've blow. You, I feel, I feel as if you've been blowing up. It's re- it's really made it's really made a really nice jump. It's funny you say that that you started your business, Carlos, in May of last year. That's when the construction life exploded. In one month, we had over thirty thousand downloads. Wow! In one month, and that was May of twenty twenty. I don't know what was going on in May of twenty twenty, but the construction life exploded that time, and I love it. And I I love the data. I love reading everything. I love trying to figure out where it's going to go and who's listening. And I love that we have a lot of listeners outside of Canada. But I also I'm very proud that we have a lot of Canadian listeners. That's good. I love that a lot. That's That's important important. to me. That's important to Jim. It was important to Carlito. It's like it's it's important that that we have a lot of Canadian listeners, man. I love that you get up at 4 a.m. every day because that's discipline, man. I think that's the number one thing. Well, one or two uh, in the Tatum poll, why guys can't. Uh, go on their own because they lack the discipline i talk to the younger guys and it's funny it's like i'll talk to the millennials and i don't want to dog them right like i mean you guys are elder millennials no so i think i am the last or yeah i am officially a millennial you're you're a millennial so you're an elder millennial i am a millennial i think it's after uh, 1980 you're a millennial something like that yeah so i'm 82 i'm a millennial's dad is what I am, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, they go to sleep at midnight or one o'clock in the morning. That's right, yeah. And then I t- I try to explain to them that you get the best sleep if you go to sleep before 10 p.m. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. You get the best sleep. Your body sleeps the best. Yeah. But you try to tell these guys, go to sleep before one o'clock in the morning. They don't have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Carlos, what time do you wake up in the morning? Uh, on a regular work day, I'd say six. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are like on the job site before sun. Like yeah, you have to be, right? Yeah. Are you a slow starter or are you like out of bed, onto uh, site? No, I'm definitely uh, not a morning guy. No, like, I try to, I try to get every single last minute of sleep. <laughs> wake up, you know. I shower the night before, ten. It 11. helps, man. Trust me, it helps. You wake up, brush my teeth, get ready. I don't even have a coffee. I just get out. You know, you go by the Timmy's. Yeah, I'm not a morning guy. So listening to you wake up at 4 a.m. is really the, the inspiring. Other thing, <laughs> the other thing that I started doing two years ago, you guys might want to check it out. It's just funny. Like sometimes I'll do the show and I'll do little tidbits. Recently, I got reached out by somebody who said, listen, you mentioned something about some stretching thing that you mm. found, right? It's called radial tassial. 
And if you did this five minute stretch in the morning every day, it would actually help your body. So this guy's like in his mid twenties and he's like, I want to know what you were talking about there because I'm in my mid twenties and I'm feeling it in my back. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're feeling it in your back in your mid twenties then there's something going on, what, right? what does he do? What does he do? So, for you? so the red radio tasio, what it does is it actually gets you, you stand in, in, you just stand on your, um, your, your feet or your shoulder width. Yeah. And it just shows you how to bend a certain way. And it's not about locked knees. It's not about stretching your hamstrings. It's about the way you raise your arms and your shoulders and how you move them. And that's what it does. And these movements, this five-minute movement will help your body for the entire day. In the mornings? In the mornings. Oh. Look it up. I'm just telling you. Like, look I'm it up. On man. It, man. Seriously. I, you know, you know when so I would I would always hear people say, like, oh, you're a young, you're you're a young guy, you're a young guy. You'll know one day or you'll know one year. It'll all change. I I'm love like, that I could I could pretty much outdo some young guys sometimes, right? Like they're awesome. impressed, right? So you know, you know I'm what, pushing Manny? 50 this year, right? For that's, real? Yeah, man. I'm pushing 50 this year. And I don't want to be that 50-year-old that you think about, right? Yeah. Like I remember my dad in his mid to late 50s. The guy was like, it was hard to get out of a chair. He's broken, man. That's what hard. Rick Mason, man. That's what he was, right? Yeah. So it's just like, I don't want that. You I, get old bones really fast as a Mason. On the news right now, I just read on the feed there, Italian guy, 59-year-old, just broke the record of deadlift. He held it for six minutes plus. 59-year-old <laughs> Italian man just broke the Guinness record of deadlift weight. Like wow. what do you mean? Six held, it? held it for six minutes plus. How much yeah. weight? I can't remember exactly what it was, but he broke the record. Wow. Fifty nine year old man. Viva Italia. <laughs> he probably had some vino before. He's a vino and a mortadella hey, sandwich. Hey, you know, like probably and if it helps, it helps, man. I'm telling you the truth. And as you get older, you start paying attention to certain little things to do, man. Listen. And it helps you. Listen, I'm on the I'm on the hunt. To be optimized, because quite honestly, this past mentally year, or physically, uh, both, both. So I, right off the top, I'll tell you right now, mentally, start looking into coconut oil and what eating it. Yes, like like, like right out yes. of the. So order coconut oil, like coconut. Order coconut oil. Yeah, yeah, we have Here, it at home. Here's the funny thing: women use it for what? Hair, the face, face. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Men use it for what? Lube. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different podcast. Lube Try and eggs. Just, that's, that's just eat a table, a teaspoon of coconut oil. Raw? Yes. How do you, how the do you MC, force that down? The, 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 dude, it just tastes like coconut oil. But I'm telling you right now, because you, you can cook with it. <laughs> of course, yeah. You can cook. But, and you, women put it on their face and they put it in their hair. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's totally edible. The, it's a texture thing. For Listen, me. I it's don't know. M, look up MCT oil, okay. which is derived from coconut oil. I got you, I got you on that. What it does for your brain. I'll put it in the coffee. You, that's what I do. Yeah, okay. So, you guys, look up bulletproof coffee. Yeah, yeah. So, for over two and a half years, I've been doing bulletproof coffee every single with morning. With MCT oil or, or just the coconut oil? No, no, no. Uh, MCT oil. Yeah. Is it MCT or MTC? MCT, isn't it? Or M oh, no, it's MCT. Now. I think I just said both, and I don't know which one's right. I think it's MCT. But if you look up, if you do Google search for coconut oil, you'll yeah. get MCT. Got so it. it's it's the press that they do from coconut is what they do, and they get this oil, right? Yeah. The yeah. thing is you put it into the coffee, and you mix it in with ghee butter. G-H-E-E, -E, ghee butter. Yeah. It's a different kind of butter it's than what we fat, think. full fat, right? Exactly. Full fat. So you put this in the coffee, you put it with the MCT oil, and then I've also been putting collagen powder in it. Oh. oh. Then you mix it in. Mrs. So you, Mora does the, does the collagen. I'm telling you. For so real? You, you mix this in. 
and that's your coffee in the start of the day. You know what it does? It fires your brain. Mm-hmm. Your brain activates as a result of it. You know, have you tried uh, Alpha Brain? It's like or, or, that. Or nootropics. So it's, so it's the whole thing about, you know, brain fog, right? Yeah. yeah That's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. So everybody that, and, and in our 20s, like, and I was the same thing too. In my 20s and 30s, I didn't have brain fog. Like no, I was clear, right? Sharp. I was clear. Yeah. But I started learning that in my mid late 30s to 40s, lots of brain fog. So here, this is me right now. You got I, it? And, and it's, it hit me like a, like a brick. It hit me like a fog. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what it does, and man. And I'm thinking, what's what, going on? What in the hell? I know, so, and you and you think it's your age. So brain fog is like when you start daydreaming too much, or no, no, no. Brain fog is that you can't clearly focus on tasks. You can't focus, and that's that's the. Thing. It's a weird. It's almost like having bad eyesight for your mind. Yeah. It's it, a that, really weird thing. That's a great. That's a great. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. we all know that if our vision's a little fog, like if it's blurry, what do we do? We go to optometrist. They give it a pair of glasses, yeah. and then we get to see clearly. When you get brain fog, you can't put glasses on your brain. That's right. Look up. I'm telling you right now. Coconut oil, MCT, ghee butter, bulletproof. Start looking into these whole okay. things, man. I'm gonna try it. Yeah. I'm telling you the truth. Anyone who's listening, just look into the. I'm. I'm just saying. You look into it. Do your own research, and you. You just start doing it. You drink the coffee, you'll taste the butter. But Manny, do you eat a teaspoon of oil? Yeah, a coconut oil. I eat it when I eat my dinner. What before or after? So, so as I'm making my dinner, yeah, ta- teaspoon of oil, I I just down it <laughs> because what? you're supposed to eat it 20 minutes before you consume food. Just look it up. So what happens if you chase it with some scotch? Is that okay? Mm. Is, that, is that clear your okay, fog listen, a bit? I love alcohol <laughs> as we have wine on the table here. And I'm European. I love alcohol. and But the thing is that vino's good. Yeah. Hard liquor's not. Oh. But we are human. And we are not monks. So uh-huh. occasionally is good. And anything as we know, moderation is good. Everything in moderation. Yeah. So Moderation to moderation. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. But, the, but the, it's also a fact that if you look up... Red wine from Sardinia, Italy. Yeah. It has the highest, what's the term? There's a term that's basically it has the amount, the highest amount of lubricants in it that will lubricate your blood vessels. And that particular part of the entire world, they have the least amount of heart attacks and heart strokes and all this other shit. You ready? And they're saying it's because of wine. Viva Italia. I'm telling you the truth, man. <laughs> no, I'm I, telling you the I truth. I think that's 100% true. The, Look, the wine I'm, helps I'm, don't take it from me. I'm not a doctor, man. Take it from I, Carlos. I'm just he a contractor. It. And I just, I read and I come across shit and, I, and it makes sense to me. And then I try it and then it makes sense to me. And I just share it, right? The stretching's big. And the other thing yeah. that I would recommend is, I don't know if you ever heard of this book called Found. Like, you guys are in landscaping, man. You guys know that your body has an expiration date on it, right? It's it's, it's very apparent in our business. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like aches and pains, man. Even me watching you guys do the work, it hurts <laughs> me, man. Yeah. So Foundations. Look up this book called Foundations. Unfortunately, the forward was done by, um, what's his name? The cyclist? I'm trying to, Armstrong. Oh, the one nut. Yeah, exactly. Lance right? Armstrong. Yeah, Lance Armstrong, right? So the thing is, you just disregard the, the forward and start uh-huh. reading the book. It's about two doctors who came up with this special way of, of stretching. What's your opinion on steroids then? If coconut oil optimizes and maybe coconut oil is natural though. Oh. Steroids are not. That's true. 
right? And, and they have my opinion about my opinion about I don't even know how we got in this tangent, here, man. But <laughs> my opinion about steroids is that anything that fucks with your genitalia Ooh, yeah. is not a good thing to use. It's not a very good thing, right? Right. So w- when you hear about steroids and people using steroids, and all of a sudden they'll have mood swings and they'll become bipolar. Your balls get smaller. The balls get smaller. Yeah. Your dick gets hard and doesn't get hard, yeah. or like anything that fucks with your genitalia. Your get big. Oh, dude, man! Like <laughs> I want a, nothing to do with it. I don't fucking. I don't touch. I never touched it. I don't know. I may have met guys who've touched it. I you don't know, know what? Maybe if you rub coconut oil on your nipples, <laughs> they'll go back down to normal size. <laughs> maybe, just maybe. Well, it's a theory. I don't know. This show's gone know. on a whole just other tangent, one man. This one whole teaspoon, other tangent. <laughs> Carlos, you must be learning a lot here. I guess, eh? <laughs> I'm going to do that recipe for sure. I'm just saying, look it up. That's all I'm saying is just look it up and just, there is a lot of benefit. And there's been a lot of studies about the MCT or MTC, Absolutely. whatever, regarding yeah. dementia. Yep. Alzheimer's. Like that's, that's the thing is it, it actually, it creates sparks in your brain, right? That's what it is. And we all know this. And same with a physical job. We have physical careers. Yeah. If we stay stagnant, if your body doesn't move, it doesn't continue moving. We're like if sharks. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's applicable to your mind. It's a hundred percent applicable to yeah, your mind. So totally. if you're, that's what I love about construction is because every single day your mind is spinning. You're and it's thinking. never the same. It's, it's never, never the, the same. same. Yeah. You always have new problems and you always have to figure out new solutions. You have to use your expertise on that those solutions, right? But the thing is, you need to keep your mind sharp. The youngins have an advantage because their mind is fine. I think they're sometimes wasting. Oh, for sure. Their because talent. they take advantage of it. Exactly. They'll use it for Fortnite. Yeah. They'll use it for all kinds of other they crap. Use it, they'll use it to pick up girls at the bar the night yeah. before. But not, not these days. Knowledge. Not these you days. Don't, you don't know what you got till you lose it. You know. That's right. That's exactly it, man. Yeah. That's exactly it. So, so Carlos, what's so back to bring it back to Carlos? <laughs> We're not talking about steroids no more. No, no, no more steroids. No more coconut oil. <laughs> Is coconut oil coconut oil wouldn't be considered a steroid? It's natural. It's natural, no, man. It's natural. natural. It's natural. natural. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Wait. Back to Carlos. <laughs> sorry. Anything natural cannot be pharmaceutical because you cannot ever in the entire world patent a natural substance. Mm. You can't. Right. That's the problem about the. Ph- that's a whole other tangent. Ooh. I'm not even going to go down this road. Right. That's that's the whole thing with COVID and all kinds of other crap. Right. That pharmaceutical you can patent it. Natural you can't patent it. Got it. So then, if you can't patent something, you can't make money off of it. All you can do is give good advice to people and they could take it. And then there's ah, a reason why a lot of people ah. that live off of a land live a long, healthy, mentally stable life. It's kind of crazy, right? It's insane. It's kind of crazy. It's insane. So, okay, back to Carlos and construction. So, Carlos, one year in business. I think 90% of, of the construction industry, in the back of, the, of everyone's mind, they're like, I can do this. I'm smarter than my foreman. Oh, I, I 100%. Can, I can... I should start my own business. Why do they say that? Is it a pride thing? Maybe it's a pride thing because there's some prideful people in, in, in construction. Maybe every industry. I don't know that industry. I know yeah, construction. But construction is not as simple as everyone thinks it may be. It's though. not. It's physical and mental. Just like you yeah, said, 100%. you have to be sharp both physically and mentally. Yes. And you have to be talented too. You're swinging a hammer. You're pushing a trowel. You're operating a machine. It's hand-eye coordination. You know? I think I think it's a few factors why some guys would say, "Oh, I could do that. I should just start my own business." One, because they want to maintain some ambition, and two, because they did the whole job, the foreman wasn't there, or maybe they just want to progress, 
or maybe they're blind and they think they can do it, but they can't. So they don't prepare enough. What, what I get is a lot of the young guys think that you're making all the cake and yeah. they and they want to make cake too. Yeah. And they think that it's really easy, but they also don't realize that if you lose, you lose all the cake, you lose cake. and you still have to pay for the and work that was performed. Cake. Yes, that's right. That's what, that's the part that they forget, right? They think that you're doing so well that you're making all kinds of money when that's not really the truth all the time. I think I think because if you have the proper mentality, Carlos mentioned it uh, earlier that, you know, he would rather lose a day or two to make sure that the job is perfect. That's real cake. That's that's money out of your pocket. Yeah. However, what that produces is clientele and that what that produces is, is I guess, like a, a mutual respect with other trades. I only hang out or or work with good trades, either sub trades or other landscapers. Anyone, anyone, I see a chink in their armor, they're cut. So what is it about the trades? Like when you meet a new trade, yeah. what is it that they do or they say that makes you think this guy's not on the same page as me? I don't We're think not going to get along. I don't think it's necessarily what they do or, or, sorry, it's not what they say. It's more what they do. You walk onto a site and it's messy. They don't have the, the, the proper notification with permits their equipment, you know, uh, they have a flat tire or something. You can tell that their, you know, excavator hasn't been greased in, a, in in three weeks. Maybe their trucks are dirty. They're messy inside. You're like, we, we just won't jive. This isn't going to work. What's right? your appearance, Carlos? Like when you're on a job site, what do you expect from your guys, yourself, your crew, your, like your business? Yeah, we have to be, you know, in uniform most of the time. What is a uniform? Just a shirt and hat. You know, it's simple. That's it? You guys are butt-ass naked, just a shirt and a hat? <laughs> the cavemen. Guys, they can't be held, well, hence they the can't be held down You guys pants. must get a lot of work, eh? But nobody's working in close quarters, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, just clean. Like, you know, if the guy doesn't want to shave, I don't really give a shit. No, I mean, like, listen, we're in construction. Dude, I can't tell you. The, I'm trying to think of the last funeral I attended, and that's what have been the last time I shaved clean face right mm -hmm. but other than that it's got a stubble on it that's just how it works yeah i agree with you like a clean shirt clean workwear not dirty not messed up yeah that's yeah. part of the work day yeah. but pants you shouldn't up, roll in pants, that way pants to the waist for no sure no track pants please tell me no track pants no, no, no sweatpants i can't stand track <laughs> pants in construction no tearaways if i ever see anybody in construction that gets an endorsement deal with reebok or nike or something like that i'm gonna just shake my head at it right they, they lose a little respect it if does they're they lose a lot pants, of right? respect yeah. man no, yeah. drawstrings getting caught I don't think on track gonna, how are you gonna you're clip a tape measure to to friggin track pants you can't you can't yeah, man. Even if my off day, even in my off day, if I'm doing stuff in my own home, I'm not wearing track pants no. while I'm building shit. No. Because I can't hook the tape measure. I've only, you know what? I've only started wearing track pants recently. And I think that's only because I put on the COVID-25 <laughs> and my pants are a little you tight. Ain't, you ain't the only one, man. My track pants are like worn out, man. I don't think they're blue anymore. They're almost like teal, man. Like Actually, one of, the, one of the profs at Humber said, never wear track pants or sweats. It's good that they said that. Because you look like a scumbag, first of all. Is that what they said? That's what he the said. The professor that, said that. That's professor a little. That, that's yeah. a little harsh. But <laughs> I love it. I love the realism because no, that's truth. This, he was being honest. You know, like I don't think you're even allowed to wear uh, track pants. You know, like tell that to the painters, man. Tell it. To Every you. painter I know wears track pants, man, and it oh, yeah, bugs but, the hell out of me. 
Tell that to any concreto with, with a friggin... Uh, oh, they got... Really? Uh, yeah. As as far as I can see, they're all wearing track pants, and they all have the, the textbook 42-pouch side pouch on <laughs> that goes down past their <laughs> past their knees that's any former, any any crank, yeah the sandbag <laughs> <laughs> poor carlito's not here to no but i'm just saying like track pants do not belong in construction man like, i don't think they so. really don't man. not no. my opinion seriously unless you're a trainer at the gym but the gyms are closed that's right. so i don't understand what's going yeah. on with the track pants yeah. man i don't think it looks professional so carlos What's so your year one? You've just finished year one, starting year two. What's your what's your five year plan look like? Five year plan to do a million dollars in sales Ooh. in five years. It, year at year five. At year five, I want to hit a million. I want to hit a million in Why sales. Why a million? Why? It's just a number I put. What would that tell you? It would tell me that I've progressed to a point where maybe my business might. My business is sufficient enough and profitable enough to hit that mark. You got to be careful because sometimes guys want to chase those big numbers and those big numbers sometimes get you in trouble. I was just going to say that. And sometimes there's a lot more profit in the smaller numbers and more jobs at smaller numbers because you get in and out quicker. What I would like to add to that is replace your million in sales with 400,000 in profit. Yes. Change that. Okay, four hundred thousand dollars in profit, or at least a have little, a balance a little more, of sales a little more and profit. Than a million dollars. But uh, yeah, but I think that would go hand in hand. No you do. nonsense, because if you're focused on the million dollars in sales, that's your goal. That means you're not efficient with your equipment, with your labor. You just want to hit that number. My real goal is to be profitable to a certain amount. Like that's the number that you got to tell yourself. Yeah. So you got a number of sales which yeah. is a million dollars. But out of that million dollars, you need to figure out what is my profit on that million dollars. And you and you can extrapolate that. So if you want to extrapolate, if you say, okay, I want a million in sales, that's fine. That's a goal. That, that's, your, that's where you start. And this business is always about evolving. So you're going to start with that today. It's on record, a million in sales. But now from tomorrow, you're going to evolve and you're going to extrapolate that down and make sure that you're profitable at a million dollars in sales because you can have a million in sales and, and not be profitable and i've been there and not profitable because i just had the goal i wanted the big projects i wanted i wanted all the crew i want two crews going i want all the equipment and all of a sudden i'm so fat with overheads my profit goes down and yet i'm hitting my sales mark yeah yeah, yeah. For you and everyone else who's who's thinking like, oh man, if I could just do you know an extra hundred thousand dollars in sales next year, I'll be all right. Please have that goal. Figure out that hundred k exactly. How much belongs to your company? How much belongs to you? That's right. I started learning a few years back where everybody was making money. All the sub trades I hired, employees I hired, anybody else, they were all making money, but I wasn't making the money I thought I was making. Yeah. And then you need to start analyzing exactly how much money you're making. So if you've got a goal for sales, which is great, you should. You should also have the same goal in profit. For sure, yeah. And yeah. you need to stick to that. So if it's your business plan, the way it's going to work, and you've got your subs and everybody else that comes in or your employees, you know exactly X amount belongs to them, but you need to know X amount belongs to your business. That's right. Because it's got to grow. And then X amount belongs to you because you need to feed your family. So it's not really like you're looking at one number. You're looking at three numbers. So you got to figure out those three numbers for your business. 
So I guess starting your business, that's exciting. You know, you're, yeah. you're hustling, you're on the tools, you're, you're, you're getting all these purchases, you're selling these jobs. And then I think once you get, once you get that up and running, you kind of change gears to the business side, or you should at least. You should. You, you should. should always be aware of it. You should be analyzing your, your inventory for yep. tools. You yep. should be analyzing your profit margin. You should be analyzing your, your, your jobs, sorry, your cost per job Yep. almost daily. Daily becomes a little exhausting and you get lost. You in can the do numbers. it weekly, but weekly, you need to find out what's making you money and what's not making you money. Yeah. And unfortunately, like friendships are great in this business, but if someone's not making you money and not making you grow your business, what are you going to do? It's unfortunate. Unless you want to run a hobby, which is great, but a hobby is not going to pay your mortgage. Right. So that's the thing about it. That That's a strong statement. I'm that's just, a very strong statement. It's, it's, you mean like friends that work for yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that, I, I, I get along with everybody for the most part. I get along with everybody. Right. The thing is, and we're all good buddies and stuff like that, but the thing is there's still a day and a productivity you need to deliver, right? So if you all of a sudden you start stretching your day, you start stretching the amount of work and scope and everything like that, that starts to affect my business now. I get that we're friends and we'll get a beer, we'll go get a coffee, we'll sit down. I've met your family, you've met my family, all this. I get all that stuff. But when we're at the job site and we're working... We should be at the job site and we should be working. And I think it works both ways. It does. It works both ways for if you are the contractor and you have subs versus, and, and the opposite way, if you're the sub working for a contractor, that business relationship also the, it yeah. flows both ways, right? Just like a friendship. I think it's important because you want your guys to care about your business as much as you care about your business. But that's the biggest challenge of having a business. Yeah. Because nobody's ever going to care as much as you, Carlos. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. Nobody will care. You're the only person that cares about your business the most, right? But the thing is, you need to somehow try to get your employees to care about it just as much. I think ultimately that's the hardest thing to do. It because, is. Because that, that means growth. When you have a lead hand or a foreman or... or or, or someone that's your right-hand man, that means you've doubled your capacity, which in theory, double your sales, double your profit. However, that's the hardest part because no one really will care as much as you. But that's going back to like, where do you see yourself in five years when, when you're hiring somebody? If they have that drive to say, start their business or, or open up another business or run their own crew, See, if they're a good guy and they're a good, they worked for you really well and you guys got along really well, me personally, if they get to that point where they want to start running their own ship, I'd be proud of them. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? You need anything? I'm a good friend. You let me know. Yeah. I'll help you out. If you got any problems, give me a call. I'll, call, I'll guide you. Yeah. I want that out of that person. Absolutely. I'd be disappointed if they would just come in Monday to Friday, punch the clock, Call it a day, call they're it the, a week. They're the worst employees. I'm like, dude, that's like, you're really disappointing to me, man. Totally. I think totally. that you should be driven. And if driven means that you need to go and move on and build your own business, I will support you a thousand percent. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Moving forward, Carlos, I think moving forward, if you're, you know, if you're looking to bring on another guy and, and grow your business, look for that. And I think at anyone else who is like, I don't want to give him my... I don't want to give them my secrets, oh, right? My, the fucking I don't trade wanna, secrets. Bullshit? I don't want to give them my how I operate the deal. That's that's so. Uh, 
Like that, so doesn't, that doesn't exist anymore. Like I, I've always thought that if you're a one-trick pony and that's the only way you run your business, yeah. then you're not going to survive because that's you right. can't continue that way. Because I guarantee you, a thousand other guys are going to come up with better tricks than you just came up with. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're too concerned about what others are doing, then you're already going to be making your business fail. Totally. Because you need to be more concerned about your business and what you should be doing. You know, I heard, uh, I don't know where I picked this up, but if you, if you were to give knowledge or like, or if you were to give knowledge to somebody or sorry, not give knowledge to somebody, that means you're, you're, you're holding yourself to, to what you know. If you look at it the other side of, uh, of the card, if you were to give that knowledge, that's okay. They're, they're starting with that knowledge. Yeah. You, however, next week, next month, next year can grow that knowledge. So not only do you have the knowledge you just dropped, you have more knowledge. Exactly. Right? Where are you going to get that knowledge? From somebody else. You can dream it up. But it's rare to to have an original. And that uh, that also brings up a good point: is that why would you in this construction industry? Because th- listen, this is a small industry, man. Everybody knows everybody, right? Mm. Why would you want to burn certain bridges? Why would you want to piss off former employees or anything like that? Because they're more assets than liabilities, man. Don't make them a liability. Make them an asset. Because I guarantee you, out of the blue, you might want to call them up, going, "Listen, I'm in this certain predicament." How do I handle this? And they may know, no, because like you said, they already have that knowledge. They've already stepped into that scenario where they've already solved it. Yeah. And that's important. That's valuable information. So if you made them a liability instead of an asset, you can't contact that former employee. Knowledge is yeah. power. I, that's why I, I shake my head sometimes. A lot of the younger guys were like, okay, I'm going to work here for a month or two. I'm going to do lots of money. I'm going to make money and then I'm going to fuck off and move on to another guy and then I'm going to make money. But then you can't contact that other guy. Right. Yeah. And if you do, he's going to laugh at you. How would you guys say, you know, you guys have been in business for a long time. When you have an all-star that you want to keep, how, how do you guys go about making sure you keep that all-star? I would treat him in the same respect that I expect to be treated. That's it. If one day that all-star wants to leave, the all-star wants to leave. And I think that's a, that's a good, that's a, an important thought is that no matter what you do, he will leave if he wants to. And now everyone has their, everyone has their itch. So everyone is, everyone likes to be rewarded different verbally, uh, with money, with trips, with tools, with, with, with little, little things here and there. Everybody's different and you have, you have to be a good read of a person in order to kind of pinpoint what, what keeps them motivated. You know what I would do, Carlos? I wouldn't look at it as a negative. I would be proud of that individual for coming up with the strength to make that move, to go on their own or whatever. And in the back of my mind as an employer, I would start thinking, okay, who else am I going to share my knowledge with now? And I'd be looking for the next person. And also, as, as an employer, your network just grew. Yes. So your subtrades grew. Yeah. Your, your foreman becomes your new sub, right? And, and you know. And you want that. And you want that. And yeah. because you know that that new sub, say Caveman Landscaping, they, they're, they're, they're knowledgeable with how you work yeah. and, and, and the quality that you want. So it's like, it's like flicking a switch. It's the same thing, yeah. right? It's, I love it. I love you're, it. You're better off making more friends than foes, man. Yeah. So totally. if, if you got an employer who's the all-star, and sure, I get this. I understand that because I went through lots of bad apples. 
to find one decent good apple, right? But there's always that threat that that good apple can pick up and leave and just go. But my mindset is like, sure, be happy for them. Give them as much support as possible. Leave on great terms and then look for the next apple. Simple as that, man. Because there are more guys out there that are really passionate about this industry and they really want to learn. And like you and like yourself and like myself, we do not know everything. So we always have to, something comes up, we have to make a phone call. We have to make a phone call and reach out to somebody else and go, listen, here's the situation that I'm in. And you'd be surprised that the guys who've been through a lot of shit still make that phone call, man. Dude, I call people all the time and I go, listen, here's the situation that I'm in. How would you handle it? What would you do? And then you get other people that are reaching out to me and they're asking me the same question. How would you handle it? What would you do? And I just give them what my experience has taught me. Bringing it back down, as a boss, you have that problem. Go to your crew. Yeah. They go to your crew because because they have the backstory, right? They may not be the smartest guy, but they think outside of the box. They may not be the most knowledgeable person or, sorry, or person, but they think outside of the box and they have, they have, they, they see your vision and there's a problem. There's always a solution. You're always going to get young guys coming up with like something that you haven't seen. In all fairness though, you're also going to get old guys seeing stuff that young guys don't see. True. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've impressed the young guys going, listen, why don't you try this way? And they're like, well, I never thought about that way. I was going, age has some advantages. What's nice about that is it's a collaborative effort. It has to go both ways. At that point, then now you're working together as a team, which is really important because I don't care who the hell you are. I don't care if your name is Noah and some mysterious voice is speaking to you. You still need a team to build a house, to build something. To build an ark. You need a team. All right? I'm telling you the truth. No one person, no one man, no one woman, you need a team. That's right. Find your team and work with your team, but be supportive of the team, right? You know, I, I've always said, if I didn't have a good team behind me, I'd just be some fucking schmuck exactly. with way too many tools. Exactly. With a tool problem is what yeah. I And is we have I'd plenty be. of those guys out there right now, <laughs> right? We don't need more of those guys out right now. We are at the VentureX offices in Oakville, 289-644-2393. My co-host is John, John Moore from Stone's Throw Construction and also craftandclerk.com. Both of them are .com. And also on IG, you can find them at craft and A-N-D clerk and also Stone's Throw Construction on IG. And then we're talking to Carlos from caveman underscore landscapes on IG and Facebook. I got a very important question to ask you there, Carlos. What is the landscape like back home? Because I'm not too familiar with the landscaping back in... Nicaragua? Yeah. What is it like? I'm curious, man. It's different. (laughs) That's why I'm asking the question. They don't have a winter problem. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that you said they don't have a winter problem. Yeah, like, is, is it a problem? It's is a problem. It? I'm if not you're a skier. In snow removal, I'm it a not problem? a snowboarder. I'm not in snow removal. I can't wait for spring to come, man. You're no, from I, you're from the islands, man. Yeah, I don't like you're snow. You're from the Azores, I, right? I don't like snow, man. I don't. I know that I've been in Canada. That sound you're hearing is just the wheels grinding. <laughs> it's, it's the wheels of the cork going into the next wine bottle, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, I've always said the podcasts are better with a little bit of vino, okay? <laughs> 
I just seen guys really do block work back home. I've seen. What do you do mean block work? What are you talking about? Like a cinder block. Really? Yeah, just seen most because most of the houses are block or concrete. There's no. But what are like the landscapes, the hardscapes? Like, what are they doing? Are they doing? They're not doing the rock face. Are they doing the beds? They're doing interlocking. Thank you so much, there, John. Well, first of all, everyone back home, most the majority of people are very poor, so they're doing the very bare minimum. You know, just some block block house and then they'll parge it and you know there's some really good pargers over there you know I'm, i was very impressed and in terms of like interlock and natural stone most most guys would just do a concrete pathway really huh yeah you know i love i love how as a mason i love how they would build their house one skid at a time you see a beautiful house half of it's done nice and then, you know, the next edition, when they have enough money to buy another skid of block, a little bit of mud. That's how it's done? Absolutely. It's one, really? one skid at a time. And then, you know, they, they use up the skid. There's rebar sticking out of the end. They're living <laughs> in it. There's a half a roof With there. no rebar caps on them, right? No, of course not. That's illegal. That's illegal. Rebar caps are illegal, potentially. Um, but that's, that's like, you build as you go. You build as you go. You have what you have. And, you know, I... I don't know if there's much credit. I think we're we're credit hungry here. We're we're credit fat. North American is a different mentality yeah. right, compared to there. But they also live off like a lot of the land. It's just like they'll build off the land, right? Uh, it depends where you live. If you live in the city, you have your lot, which is a decent sized lot. Yeah, if you live in the countryside, then you have a lot of space. What are the the roadways? I know that in Portugal we're doing cobblestone, European. It's all influenced that way. But what's it like down there? So I'm assuming cobblestone. A lot of the streets are interlock, actually. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. But a lot of main roads are asphalt too. So it's just recently that we started seeing more of those old school pavers here, eh? Yeah. And I like them. I know women in heels don't like them, but I don't wear heels, right? You mean so the, yeah, I mean the cobble, <laughs> cobblestone, right? Like cobblestone the, yeah. yes right they women in heels hate those things man <laughs> i absolutely hate them right and i know why i get it understand but they look beautiful i'm old school old european i like that whole kind of world right so i, I love seeing south america and the european yeah i love seeing it coming to canada because canada has been such a melting pot that we've got pretty much everybody in the world is here and it's such a young country it's an incredibly young country yeah. that's, that's the unfortunate thing is that we should be we should be more self-sufficient I don't know why we're not, but that's a political well, podcast. The, the, the global economy, right? That's a, that's a whole other podcast. We could, like, we could do all kinds of stuff. Like, okay, you know what? You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Owen Sound, Rock, or Quarry. <laughs> that's fucking beautiful <laughs> shit, isn't it? For sure. That's 100%. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, And that's in our own backyard. That's right. So why aren't we like milking that or sharing it across? I don't know. You Car guys tell me. Carlos, are we not shipping stone? To other countries to get it processed and then shipping it back. Are we doing that? So, so we are, from what I understand, and we might get some comments on who cares uh, on this podcast. <laughs> but listen, we're we're cutting an eight foot or a seven and a half foot by seven and a half foot chunk of rock, stuffing it into a sea can, shipping it overseas to where? China? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Well, uh, everywhere. Uh, okay. I think India. Uh, and China. We're, really, we're taking Canadian rock, correct, and yep. we're sending it overseas. That's correct. For what purpose? To process it, and then so, bringing it back here. Absolutely, in the same sea can that it. That why it came don't in. we process it? Labor's too expensive. 
Unions are a problem. It is cheaper to ship it over there, process it, and ship it back than it, it is to process it, here. It kind of blows your mind, doesn't it? Oh, it's sad to hear that. Yeah. That's, that's fact or... That's just John Moore a fact, okay? Oh. <laughs> we can fact check that later <laughs> after the bottle of wine. So this is what I'm here in, on, in the stone yards. Uh, and I had a client. We went through the process of picking the stone. And it was a Banas stone, by the way. Everyone loves this Banas stone. Everyone loves right? Banas. But you realize that it's not, it's not a very winter-friendly stone. Uh, it, depends on, it depends on the product. That's a whole other podcast okay. as well. All right. Okay. However, we went through the process. They love it. Uh, we went through the design phase. We did drawings. I mentioned just in passing, maybe as I was walking away, that it's processed in China. And they just went, excuse me? The brakes just fucking stopped. We're, we're breaking ground on this project, okay? We're breaking ground Why did on you it. mention that? I don't know. I think, I, I don't know. I don't know. However, it totally fucked the project because they said they, they said a hard no. We want Canadian stone on our project no matter what. But then the cost though. The cost and they didn't like the stone. The Canadian stone? That's right. Yeah. yeah the so cost. then what, what was the resolution here? We'll say that they, they fell in love with the Canadian stone <laughs> after after like <laughs> after we, we broke ground and we gotta put something, you know, we dig holes and fill okay, it with so, prettier so things. In your professional opinion, John. Yeah. Okay, the two stones, what were they different? Like, I mean, what was the difference here? What do they look like? It, it was more of a, a modern or contemporary design. Okay. So they were going with black, which matched their house. Okay. And, um, and the process one in China was what? What did what it look was like? was black. And the Canadian stone, they didn't, it, I agree, it didn't go with the house. And it, there, was, there was a continuity factor that just didn't work. That's a big deal, man, because when you start talking about stone on homes, like that's a lot of square footage, man. And, and look, what we install, it's not like it's going to be gone in, in, in a couple of no, years. No, it's staying for, it's for a supposed very long to be time. a long it's time. It's for a very long time. Yeah, n not knocking uh, Banis or the, the Indian stuff, but the Canadian stone I find is so much better. Looking, Why do you like it better? Uh, just the look. I think it's cut cleaner, Canadian stone to me. But it costs more money, you guys are saying? I'd say four times more. <laughs> Double <laughs> at least. It's okay. We got time. Well, there's like, if you go if you go north of north of Seven okay. or maybe north of Barrie, okay. everything's in granite. And, and, you know, shout out to the landscapers up, up north. They're, they're, they're rocking granite hard, Canadian granite, anything from anything that's homegrown. It works. Am I fair to say that Canadian granite is very pink? Sad? Uh, no, false. False? False. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What does yeah. Canadian it, granite look like? Uh, it, there's a whole rainbow of colors. Really? Yeah. It's hard to work with. So that's, uh, that was my next question is that it's incredibly hard. Super, and it, you guys are going to go through so kind, like look, it, all kinds of tools. If you see a granite project that is primo, Please give respect to the landscaper or the mason who installed that because they it's, worked hard. It's they worked very hard for it, and if it looks good, man, there, there's few and far between that can make granite look good, you know. And shout out to those companies that do it, man. Hard, hard ass stone, hard ass workers. You need a good blade. So what? Uh, you know what? Since we're on the topic here, what tools are you using? Uh, quick cut. No, but what brand? 
Oh, certain guys oh, are loyal to certain. Shit. Are we, we Husqvaras? Go. Are we Stills? Or what's going? On? Are we are we putting the car battery Milwaukee things in now? Or <laughs> no, like, no. what's going on here? I'm sticking with Steel for now. Really? Yeah. Steel yeah. is your your brand. I've used Husqvarna before. And no, I think it's more of a comfort thing. You know, like nobody's gonna notice the RPM or whatever. How, how much fast. of a difference? Let's first of all, quick cuts make me nervous. It's it's a huge difference. It's, it's a it's huge all, difference. It's all in what you're used to. Really? If you started with a Husqvarna to use a still, uh, you, you you don't you wouldn't have an accurate cut. What's really? Yeah, true. Landscaping truth. Really? Yeah, it's it's yeah. all in the comfort. You know what yeah. do you feel comfortable with. So, so hang on a sec. Are you saying that this is the chicken and egg thing? The Husqvarna came before the still, or the still came before the Husqvarna? No, it's it's all in what you what you were taught to use. What you started using. So you're saying that whatever you started to use, that's what's going to cut true versus what you start using as a secondary. That's correct. Because it's ergonomic, right? You're carrying this heavy saw and you're bending over and you're making very accurate cuts really close to your feet. Yeah. Actually, I had a guy who had probably 150 cuts in his boot. Because <laughs> he's holding the... Because he just, when he cuts, he just cuts into his boot. And <laughs> do, do I know this guy? Uh, no, you don't know this guy. That's funny. I, I won't. I won't name him. I but hope he had steel toe. Man. He always had steel toe. <laughs> That's when you start seeing the sparks. But but he would have he would have like a hundred cuts in his boot from from cutting a cutting stone. That's when he knew that he cut through the stone. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> when it hurt, so it was like a twitch. Uh, he had to cut the boot first, just, and then just at the end, right? Right. You see a little bit of red. You know, uh, maybe went too far, huh? Yeah, yeah. WSIB. Really? So you're a steel happy. guy, okay? Yeah, I like steel. I've, that's all I've used. I've used what's your, cord, what's your cordless brand? Wait, yeah, I was about to say, what about the cordless crap? Are you a fan of the cordless stuff? Because I've been told that the guys like it for the literally the the one cut that they got to make. Yeah, you know, at that point, it's so they good. don't have to pull it. They don't have to pull it. Prime Every, it. Everything I have cordless is Bosch right now. Really? I like Bosch. Look, listen to the listen to the tone of voice <laughs> in Manny's in Manny's mannerisms listen, right now. We He's all know right Bosch up. owns when it comes to like the big boy toys. Okay, <laughs> we all know that. Okay, it just is work. It works that way. All right. It's I've good never, to hear. You know what? I, I haven't seen you smile that that much <laughs> yet today. You know why? Because because not a lot of people say Bosch here. That's it, the problem. That's true. Not it's a lot true. of people. They'll, no, talk, think, they'll talk red. They'll talk yellow. Yeah. They'll talk all kinds of crap. I think yeah. Bosch is superior to all the other ones. Everybody, no offense, John. No, no, but yeah. you're you're a hardscape. <laughs> no, what are you, John? You know what? I'm a I'm a cordless whore. I have I have rigid Milwaukee. I, I have it all. So you got the car batteries. I have, I have DeWalt. Man, those I, I have it all. Those batteries are huge. And you man. know what? I need to narrow it down because I just have too many chargers, too many different batteries that don't work. So you haven't committed to one platform? Mostly Milwaukee. Okay. Cordless is mostly Milwaukee, but well, I'll tell them you. Batteries yeah, I'd, are I'd say massive. you're a Milwaukee guy for sure. The batteries mostly. are massive, man. Yeah. You don't find them massive? You know what? You know what? This week, I've had three batteries crap out on me. In what way? They start smelling? Or they just don't no, charge. They won't charge. They're, it's going. It's so going did you red speak and green to your Milwaukee rep, or what's going on here? I haven't yet. I'm gonna have to call him. He's where, gonna have to call me after where's this podcast. Where is he? Or she right now? You know, I don't deal with a rep. Really? Yeah. You know? So who do you Should deal I? with? Should I be dealing with a rep? I don't know. Who do you guys deal for for tool repairs? Like, what? Where do you guys go for tool repairs? Quite honestly, I do not get them repaired unless it's uh, so my Hilti chipper. I get I get that repaired and I get it I get it maintained. Cordless by whom? By Hilti. 
Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, cordless is kind of like the battery doesn't work. Fuck. There's one. There's so the one tool's on done sale at that at, point. Uh, really? Not the tool, the battery. Really? Just the battery. You won't get it repaired? No. Well, no. it depends if it's worth it, right? I got a I got a multi-tool right now, a Bosch one that's not it, it, it works when it wants to work. I don't know what's going on. Cordless? There's cordless. Yeah. It's either there's gotta be a disconnect in the so battery. So that's the connect. tool. That's, that's the, tool. the tool. But the battery's so, fine. Right? But the thing is, if you were to buy that tool, bare tool, it's two hundred dollars, a hundred and ninety-nine dollars. And I'm like, going, you know what? I'm not just dismissing this tool. I need to figure out what this problem is. Yeah. And I'm gonna spend the weekend to fucking OB1 this thing and try to figure it out. And and what happens when you when you're when you need that tool on site, and it's and it's out for repair for. So a here's of the weeks. problem: is that I had another one and I gave it to one of my guys. So mm. now I feel bad because my tool doesn't work and his does. <laughs> <laughs> and in the back of my head, I'm thinking, but I gave you that tool, man, right. and right. I can't ask him for the Usually tool back. Usually, Bosch gives you a one year warranty. I think on this everything. is past one year. One oh, okay. Right. This is probably one year and one day. <laughs> well, yeah. It always is. It always is. <laughs> No, okay, so Dodge and your Bosch boy and still, what else are we talking about? Oh, the big ladders. Now Stab we Stabila for levels. For le of course, yeah. man. Like well, you can't yeah. go wrong with the Germans, man. Come yeah. on. The Ger the Germans make great tools. Everyone has to admit that. They're not very com good comedians, but they know how to make tools, man. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, is DeWalt DeWalt is manufactured in Mexico, right? That I wouldn't know. I don't know. Do they really? Because that just adds more humor to Another my... Another John Moore fact check. I don't is know. That, I is, that, is that so, true? Is that true? So, Where so did you get that information from, though? Actually, uh, the past few weeks, one of my guys on site has been has been busting my DeWalt balls. Because Does it I, say made in Mexico on the tool? No, he's, he says it's made in Mexico. Are they hanging pictures down there, too? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. The American brand is made in Mexico? Maybe you, that's where I Ted didn't Cruz say that, went, John. That's what you said. I didn't <laughs> okay, say sorry. that, man. That's what I say. I never not made in China. That'd be worse. I was. I would assume that DeWalt's made in China, like everybody else. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know, man. You know what, Manny? Maybe we should invest in a fact check. Is this? Mm, we're not there at that level. Okay. Yet, we don't. We're not there right now. We <laughs> we're need just a producer. Shit. We need a producer be on the web right now doing a fat check, trying to figure it out. We're just on. we're just talking shit. But wouldn't it be funny though if DeWalt is actually made? In Mexico, that would be. I would love. I it. wouldn't be surprised at all. I would really? love it. I would love yeah, it. It's American. They probably make it. In I Mexico. know, but it's such an American brand, though. It is. It's very American, right? Yeah. But but you know what, Milwaukee is too, and yet yeah, it's it's made in China. Listen, I'm a Bosch guy. The Germans. Have you guys seen that new Milwaukee Quick Cut? With the car battery on it, it's huge. Yeah, I know. I look at it and I think, should I jump my car or should I do a Quick Cut? <laughs> It's huge, man. I wonder what that battery. I want to know how heavy it is. Yeah, it looks heavy. Uh oh, so John's I, doing a so fact, I'm the fact right checker right now. now. If I'm dropping some some bogus knowledge, that's fine. But I want to check this one. What did you find out? So Dewalt is a global manufacturer of power tools, hand tools, and accessories. They manufacture their tools in the following countries: United States, Mexico, Brazil, China, Italy, United Kingdom, and the Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so they are in Mexico. They are in. Me 
Wait, and, and wait a minute. So, so I was thinking on. a positive. So it hang says on United second. States okay, first. Okay, it says it first, but that could be just a Google search, and they could be paying for that. Well, it is a Google so search. So I'm just curious. What I really want to know is which products are made in Mexico uh, and the United States and the Czech Republic. We got to dig deep. That's where you want to find out. We got to dig deep. Because if all of a sudden you start telling all the contractors in North America that they're impact guns. Are from Mexico? <gasps> What's going to happen? No. Say it ain't so. <laughs> Say it ain't so. And this show is brought to you by the Tourism Bureau of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> this show is not brought to you by anybody but us, okay? That's no, just a bottom no, line. I'm going to go see my Bosch products. Are there? No, no. Bosch is made in Germany. In Germany. Yeah, okay. That's, that's right. a, that's a You can fact check that. Yeah. You want me to fact check that? I'm pretty sure. It, it's, We're talking you can some check serious it. shit you on this podcast. Check it. What, where's Hilti made? Hilti's German. I'm gonna have to say Germany Hil- as well. Hilti's but... like they're devoted, man. Dude, the Hilti's German, man. Hilti's German for sure. Yeah, yeah. they gotta be German, man. I think Seriously. it's uh, American. But this is interesting. But we're gonna be upsetting us a bunch of people now. <laughs> John's I'm, just checking I'm fact it out. Checking right He's now. just checking it's, right now. Is Hilti now. American or German? No, man. Hilti's German. Hilti's sure. German. Yeah, yeah. Hilti's oh. German. Yeah. Martin Hilti. What is the name? Nineteen fifteenth and nineteenth. Is it still, it's still a private company, isn't it? Well, you're asking too many facts now, man. <laughs> God damn. Let's keep it to one. Let's keep it to one. I know that Bosch is still a private company. So it's a German company. Yes, it is. But where are they manufactured? I'm getting to that, guys. <laughs> the data is here slow. Actually, it's not. VentureX has great Wi-Fi, and I'm killing it. Fact-checking. However, I, there is a few bottles of wine uh, involved in this podcast. But this, the, but this is interesting, right? So, okay, so Carlos, as he's fact-checking there, when you start buying the big boys, the big toys, what are you going to start looking at? Kubota? You're going to start looking at, what are you going to look at? John Deere's? Because uh, that's what I mean, man. You guys are in hardscaping. You guys have big boys, man. I'm probably going to get, a, when I get a Bobcat, it's probably going to be Kubota or a cat. But you realize that a Bobcat's a brand, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> You're no, like go, I mean, you're gonna go Kubota or Cat? Really? Actually, Kubota, Kubota has some some great machines. Yeah, Kubota is Japanese. What's so. the the what's the saying for JC? Is it JCB? JCB. What's there's an acronym for it? Someone's written it. <laughs> Just can't be. Uh, what is it? What is there's a I can't JCB's remember. JCB is British. It is. I know, but someone has a name for it. Like they call it something. You know what? Just can't be the JCB or telehandler. Is it good? Which is uh, a skid steer and and a, a zoom boom okay. or a telehandler. Is it good? Man, that is it good? Is, that is a dream. That's a dream. I, I want to buy that just for me. You're not just talking about hardscapers because framers use it, brick masons use so it. So it's the size. It's the size of a skid steer. Really? It has wheels or tracks, and it has a telescoping uh, arm. How far? That, that you can. I think. Uh, I think it's around twelve feet. So you can do bucket or forks. That's impressive. It's impressive. And it's a nice machine. Expensive. Big shout out to J yo, big time. See, this show's brought to you by JCB. <laughs> but you know what? It's uh it's quite the investment. If how much are we talking about? Yeah, you're talking about ninety thousand. Ouch. For for still a, cheaper than a Ford truck. That's true. For a King Ranch? That's sad, mm. huh? Isn't that sad that pickup trucks are a hundred thousand dollars? It's pretty now. bananas, right? I find that kind of sad, but then again, Mercedes and Sprinters are a hundred thousand dollars now. How do you, what do you feel about uh, electric trucks? I feel great about electric trucks, except for Tesla's truck. I I still will stand by my opinion that Tesla's Cybertruck will 
be a massive failure. Think so? I think that he's a very smart marketing individual. Absolutely. And, and he knows how to, like, listen, anybody who can sell out on tequila <laughs> for, like, a car company makes a lot of sense. But I don't think he knows anything about construction. And when he does a apples and apples test and he takes a base model F-150 and he has their Cybertruck tug it and pull it and do all kinds of shit to it. And I'm like, first of all, your truck is legally not the size required for on-road travel. And you're comparing it to the base model of a competitor's brand. There's some fuckery in that. That's his, exactly. So that's what I don't Absolutely. like. So he's playing around with reality. Yeah. So I think that he's a marketing genius because he he created a, a demand to get everybody to buy into an idea of his. Absolutely. And then he got the deposit to build all these trucks. Yeah. But when this truck shows up on a Canadian work site, it's going to fail like a Kardashian. You know what so? I'm saying? I totally think so. So... I, I told Ford is launching an electric one that I will respect. And so is GMC. And I will respect that. So so I totally agree with everything you said about except uh, for the what? Tesla truck, <laughs> except I'm going to get one. Then get one and enjoy it. So, so, you know. You tell me when the battery charges out. I totally agree with you. However, I want to be the first. I want my business. I don't want my a projection of my but business. But you're not the only one. There's there's hundreds of thousands of guys that are going to be the first. Absolutely. And but and that's when, okay. But when it's minus 30 outside and you're in Saskatchewan or whatever and yeah. you go to try to get it started or you try to open up the door and it was an ice storm the night before and you yeah. can't open up the door because that's, that's right. what's going on with Tesla's cars right now. Yeah, yeah. They're not designed for winter application. Canada is what? A four or five month winter country? More than that. More, More than, than that. that. More than that. So yeah. now you're in construction and you want to pay $100,000 for a vehicle yeah. that's not specifically designed for our climate or our industry. That's right. That's where I have a fault with it. If Ford introduces it, I will listen to them. Also, he, Sprinter is supposed to be coming out with electric. Oh, I can't wait for that. Fully electric? Ford? Yeah. You know what? Um, totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> As soon as, as soon as I open my mouth, that's that that generally what happens on the TCL, man. Brain fog. I, brain oh, fog. You need you know that. What? I need some coconut oil coconut on my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, you guys do your own research. All I did is I'm not drinking Kool-Aid. I just read certain things. And then if I read things that are saying the same thing more than three or four times, yeah. I start to listen. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So it, it just it started making sense to me. That's all I'm saying. But... Um, so we, so we, back to my fact check. Oh, wait, wait, fact I, check. That's I don't right. want to be uh, talking some shit here. However, all I can find on Hilti is that it's a German company. Their production facilities are worldwide. Okay? It doesn't state anything. It's kind of the same thing with Bosch that. as well. But then again, Apple products are designed in California. They're manufactured in China. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. When, when a company and Bosch says that, too, when a company says that they're manufactured worldwide, they probably look to different countries to sustain economies in each of those countries. Do you think it's a safe face? I think so. I think it's yeah. a political move. I think so. as well. I think it's what it is. Right. But I mean, I love hearing that the Waltz made in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's very ironic, as as of most of U.S. politics and, and, and we're gonna and get industries. all the the walk guys just jumping all over me, man. <laughs> Listen, they're great for hanging pictures. That's all I gotta say. I'll tell you what, I, I every time I pick up a Dewalt 
impact, they have the best grip in the industry. I'll say that I'll, every time I pick today up a I was using I was using my freak, my Bosch freak, and the tile guys who are Milwaukee guys. Oh. We're like, your drill's so loud, man. <laughs> and I was like, just fuck off, okay? <laughs> and then they go, why don't you just pick up that Milwaukee there and just give it a try? You know what I did? Uh-huh. I just kicked the Milwaukee. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> such a drama queen, man. <laughs> I just kicked it, man. I was like, I'm not even going to touch it. It's going to just touch my boot. That's what it's going to touch, man. (laughs) And this show is brought to you by Milwaukee. All right. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Carlos, we got to wrap this up, man. I'm sorry. Was there anything else that we got? Like we went on so many different tangents, man. I love it. I think that is the brilliance of it. And I love it. (laughs) We, We can't be held down to like, you know, one pigeonhole little thing. No, we still talked about construction. Everything's relative. It's all relative to construction life. I love hearing that a lot of the younger guys are being a little more conscious of their health and safety. They're physical. They realize that they're not going to be supermen all the way into their 50s and 60s. And if they're not conscious of what to do in their younger years, that they will be those older guys that might have some problems, right? You, concrete guys, roofers, these are hard trades, man. These are hard physically, mentally trades, right? And I have a lot of respect for those trades because it rains, it's cold. You guys are out there working. You guys are like looking for some sort of heat sometimes. You get into the cabs of your Dodge or your Fords or whatever, and you get a little bit of warmth, but then you go outside. It's hard. It's one of the harder trades out there. So I have a lot of respect for that, man. You know, even Sparky's. Even Sparky's in, in a new build in a residential site, there's no heat there. The plumbers, same deal. There's I no won't heat. feel that bad for Sparky's. So. No? They got it pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah. Listen, their <laughs> ladders are back. never taller than four feet. <laughs> All their tools are on their belt. No, you know what? You know what? Uh, residential residential high-rise, you know, they're, they're up there. Majority of Sparky's have four-foot ladders, and they're That's very true. cute, and they're green. <laughs> I get it. I totally understand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Send all your letters to Manny. Okay, that's all what it is. Yeah. Okay, so Carlos, I got I got one last little segment here. You heard about the twelve questions of construction? I'm uh, wondering. You know what? You never did it. I we, was before. Yeah. I'm the OG. You never did the, the, uh, the twelve. So since since you never did it, you should do it. Okay, I'll do it. So yeah. you guys will both do it, right? Okay. So these are there's no right or wrong. Are we going to do it together, or yes, should yeah. we do? No, you do it together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you just do it. Yeah. We've done it before. Where I've had two guests here, and we just did it. Okay. So it. these these are the twelve questions of construction. Okay. All right. What is your favorite construction word, gentlemen? Contour. <laughs> I got I got I got a very similar one. STD. Stands for split the difference. Split the difference. All right. Okay. <laughs> and now, split it just the cunt here. Now, trust me, Carlos. You ain't. You're not the first person to say cunt on this show. Okay. That's what I love about this show. And I recently learned, maybe about four or five years ago, there's different thicknesses of cunt hair. Have you heard of the gorilla cunt hair? <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest. Guy. I'm Those so glad coarse, that huh? we don't have a broadcaster telling me what to say or do. What is your least favorite construction word? Design. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Carlos? I would say broke. Broke. Broken. <laughs> what turns you on in construction, gentlemen? Man, I get up hard just thinking about construction, you know? <laughs> just thinking about Especially my with day. That, uh, coconut oil. Coconut oil. My, was that work? That works, doesn't it? Read it. Look it up. I'm telling you the truth. Just look it up. What turns you on in construction, Carlos? I'd say when. Uh, there's a vibe and you're just, everything's clicking. Everyone's in the groove. That's everyone's good. in the groove. That's, yeah. that's a great feeling. Yeah. Actually, today, 
is what turns me on. Friday. What happened today? Finishing projects, man. On a Friday, that never happens. The sun is shining. The weather is nice. You better Dude, like take advantage of Saturday, man. I hope I hope people can feel my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> what turns you off in construction? Bad weather, I would say. Oh fuck, landscape. Hacks. 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 Yeah, too. What is your favorite curse word? It could be used in a phrase or it could be on its own. Manaja. Manaja. Uh, fuck's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> nothing same, same, nothing in Spanish? Nothing in Spanish? Uh, Come on. It's got to be something nasty madre. in Spanish. Al, Puta madre. A la mierda. Okay. All right. What is your favorite cr- uh, car, truck, vehicle, bike, whatever, anything? What is your favorite? The Tesla truck. <laughs> not it's expecting no that winter, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuck in the snow. I would say my Ram for now. Really? Yeah. What color is the Ram? White. White. And it's freshly washed. Do you see it out there? It is very clean. So when you wake up in the morning, it's pretty bright, huh? <laughs> uh, what is your least favorite car, truck, vehicle, bike, whatever? Oh, the the, the Honda truck. What's it called? Oh, the Ridgeline. Fuck the that Ridge thing line. is just stupid. Fuck a Ridgeline. Yeah, this show's brought to you by Honda. I think I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> You'd agree with that one? Yeah. That yeah. truck is useless, man. It's it's worse than an El Camino. That's not a work truck. No, I man. Know. I like El Caminos. What's wrong with you? That's what I'm saying. It's worse than an El Camino. Yeah, but an El Camino has like El Camino. It has nice. a bigger bed. Yeah. You, can, you you can't put a yard of three quarter clear gravel in an El Camino. In, in the El Nor Camino, a ridge line. first of all, or a ridge you line. you wouldn't want to put a yard in the El Camino unless you were taking care of some business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then you put a yard in the El Camino. Unless there's a body underneath. Whoa! That yard. This show is definitely brought to you by Mexico. Man. <laughs> uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? You know what? As John pours me some more wine. Sometimes I like the impact sound. Drilling. But you guys never Oh, you're framing Forming You guys Yeah, yeah we do it. You know, concrete pads What's yours, John? Favorite uh, construction sound or noise? Our Friday song Your Friday song? Our Friday song What's a Friday song? We have a Friday song And what's that song? Can I say it? Yeah, sure I you can, can. Yeah, of course What is a Friday song? Eating pussy, kicking ass <laughs> That's our, So that's a Stone's Throw Friday song <laughs> By Wheeler Walker, eating pussy, kicking ass. What if you got a woman on the crew or something? I don't Listen know. to the song, Manny. Okay, all Listen right. I got to look it up now. Listen I got to look song. it up now. <laughs> I'm going to put it on my iTunes And folks playlist. at home, uh, I think you should adopt Stone's Throw's Friday song, eating pussy, kicking ass. It should be like eating pussy, kissing ass, no? Uh-uh. No, kicking, kicking ass. ass. Listen to the song, please. What is your, uh, what's the construction sound or noise you hate? Wait, did you answer this one, Carlos? No, or was it just uh, pussy and ass talk? <laughs> no, no, I, I answered the one before. Yeah. Which would you? No, this one, I, I don't like the sound of the quick cut. I always put my ear most. But wait a minute. What the hell, man? You're in hardscaping. Yeah, but you know, mean. it's too. It's very, very friggin' screechy, yeah? I don't know if I have sensitive ears or what it is, but. It only gets worse from here on out, I'm telling you right now. Muffs for life. If you're, yeah. if you're, if you're in the industry. I bought the uh, the 3M's ones, the, the ones that look like they belong outside, like they're just so far away. They're, like, they're huge, man. <laughs> but you can't hear anything. That's I love great. that, man. Yeah. I love that. What? what? what exactly. What? what? What is yours, John? Construction sound or noise do you hate? Man, I have to say the quick cut, too. 
Really? Yeah. Two Artscaper guys here saying quick cuts. We spent too many hours. It's true, huh? That's too screech. many hours. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt, gentlemen? I'm going to build a boat. You're going to build a boat? Yeah, I'm going to build a boat. Like a wood boat? A wooden boat. That's very impressive. I'm going to build a boat. That's not easy, you know that, eh? It's not easy. Are you talking like a, like a Venetian? Like a, like no, a... like I'm going to build a 19-foot sailboat. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive, man. Well, it's not built yet. Wait no, till but it's that's done still impressive, it's man. Impressive. <laughs> I could already hear the planer. <laughs> wow. Or the hand chisel. Yeah. It's very, very hipster. Carlos? I'd like to start extracting gold, actually. <laughs> hey, there you From go. where? From old jewelry, uh, computer parts, whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I think, think uh, it's interesting. What profession would you not like to do? Extracting gold parts from computers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. What would you not like to do? How come you don't have a person who cleans the porta potties on here? Because that guy. You know what? That's actually a good point, and we should have guy, that guy on there. Man, that guy gets all my respect. I have a huge amount of respect for those honey wagon guys, man. Dude, I mean, they have nothing but positive attitudes. They are. That's true. They're in. They're out. There's literally. something in the way. They're they don't care. They wait. They 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 articulate. They're their, nice. Their instructions. They're very gentlemanly. Like I, it's just like it's true. I should have. You know what? I will have a honey wagon guy on the show, man. We that talk might. About I'm sure he has great be, stories. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the best one. So actually, I asked the guy. Who is cleaning the toilet? He's cleaning the outhouse, the porta potty on the job. What was the worst thing that ever happened to you? Do he I want to hear this? He said he got splashback from spraying, oh. spraying it down. And you know when something touches your lip, like a snowflake touches your lip, and you go, you instantly go like, you go like this. I don't know if you can hear that. You're licking your lips. Oh, man. He said he licked oh, his lips. Man. Oh, that's, that's bad. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost as bad as my story. What's you that? Story? You know, dropping a deuce, texting, got up to get toilet paper. My phone went right in the water. <gasps> brand new iPhone. No way. How did you drop a brand new iPhone into the shitter? Because I was texting. I think I put it where the toilet paper is. <gasps> when I got up. No. And First of all, you go into the new. porta potty. Your hand never lets go of your phone. Well, I when I take a shit, I have to text. No, or, or scroll. But you don't let <laughs> the go of the phone, man. You can't wipe your ass with your phone. You know, you know what happened today? My uh, Weera. You know the Weera little bits and thing, whatever Vera, whatever those little funky bits there, like the multi. Oh, okay, okay. I, you know I got what I'm you. talking yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So right. the actual head adapter thing, uh, the tall guy was asking for it, and I was going, "Here you go." So I gave it to him. And then it slipped out of my hand, slipped before into his hand, uh -huh. and it fell. And it literally fell smack in the middle of the bucket of thin set. It just dropped right into the thin set and got caked. Man, and I started no like thing. panicking, man. <laughs> panicking. So, so hold on. The phone's got protection. That thing doesn't. The phone fell in. And it was. At the Did time, you get the phone? It was like eight hundred bucks at the time. Did you so, tell your one of you guys to get rice? So I put a <laughs> I put a garbage bag up to my arm, oh, and, oh I, my, and I went no, digging. Man. You're kidding me? No, no, you serious? Where's this phone? Eight hundred bucks phone right now. Eight hundred bucks. So it's I shit. It's I shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I I I'm there digging. Oh <laughs> digging. man, you're digging. I picked it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you picked Got that some up. Uh, hand sanitizer, started giving her a little rub. Oh, That's going to fix it. <laughs> That'll fix anything. You know. And uh, yeah, lo- long story short. The Next guy comes in and goes, how come there's no hand sanitizer in here? It's all been used on the iPhone. Which iPhone was it? Which one was the, it? Uh, why is the porta potty full of tears? <laughs> oh, this was, this was a long time ago. Like I don't know. That's years. a good question, man. I don't know if I put my hand in there, man. 800 bucks. I'd say I don't fuck know it. if I'd. I think that I, at best, I might make a phone call <laughs> just to hear it vibrate or something like that inside the shit. But that's, I don't know if I put my hand in there, man. So, so wait a minute. How <laughs> long did you use this phone after you took it out of the porta yeah. potty? No, no. So I took it out. Yeah. And the blue water ate the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> The blue water ate the electronics, you know so you I do. couldn't fix it. You know, was it still on the Apple Care three-year plan? It was. But so you know what you do? You smash it, and you bring it in, and no, you return it. I was dumb, and I went to go fix it at a third-party person. And oh, so th- Then when I took it to Apple, they wouldn't fix it because somebody touched it. Yeah, that's what I mean. You bring so, it back to Apple. So you're telling me that you <laughs> went fishing for your iPhone in a porta potty on a construction site... <laughs> Residential, it, residential. Oh, so okay. what's the difference there? No, because shit if, still if it was a uh, Portuguese bricklayer site, then there's no way I would. Oh, you mean that. the Portuguese hover? Yeah, there is. If it was a Portuguese bricklayer, that porta potty would you have would had never, shit on the walls. You would never, you would never have gone in after the iPhone. No, no. So, no. so, so you, 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 you deep dived into the the Blue Lagoon. Yeah. To pull your I, iPhone out. I just, for the record, would never not do that. And it and it's and you still didn't. You lost your iPhone regardless. Regardless, but I, <laughs> I felt. Wait a minute. Wait, you didn't find it in there? No, no, I I got it. You couldn't get it fixed because I, it was it was uh, it was damaged. <laughs> but so you know, you still put your hand. You always it. hear crap if you drop your phone in water, put it in rice and whatever. <laughs> That's what I was saying. So I tried everything. Did, Did it you work? Just say, do you always hear crap? <laughs> I don't. I don't think you guys. Hang are on, comfort- I gotta wrap this up. I gotta wrap this up. Eight hundred so, bucks, guys. Wait, Come on. Wait, how did we get to that? How do we get? I asked a question. What profession would you not like to do? The honey wagon. What profession? I would said. You I not? said they get all the respect from me. They do. So what would you not like to do? Would not like to do. I have no idea how. I don't think I this. would like to be a bricklayer. <laughs> Amen to that. And the final question, if heaven exists, gentlemen, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Praise Odin. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, my child. <laughs> gentlemen, thank you so much, Carlos. Good luck with everything, man. Caveman Landscape. Uh, find Carlos on IG at caveman underscore landscapes with an S and also on Facebook. And my co-host here, John, I'm sure he'll be back one day. You can find him on IG at Craft and A-N-D Clerk and also Stones Throw, Stones with an S, Throw Construction on IG. And also find him on the web at uh, www.stonesthrowconstruction.com and also Craft and A-N-D Clerk.com. I want to thank Joe and Trevor at VentureX for the uh, the office space here. And I love being here and checking it out in the virtual. So VentureX, check them out at VentureXCanada.ca, 289-644-2393. I think, guys, we covered quite a bit of construction and all kinds of other stuff. Well, and, we dropped serious knowledge. And we ended tonight, the show with the shitter. With the sh- <laughs> the shit with a bang. <laughs>
Thank you, guys. You guys were great. No, thank you very much, man, for coming in. I know that it's always a challenge to start a new business, and, and there's always going to be ups and downs. And uh, and I, hopefully you got people that you can – I'm sure you could reach out to John if you got shit going on, like oh, outside of the toilet. But, I mean, you got always, stuff going on. Always, always. Uh, and, if, uh, and if not me, craftingclerk.com. Exactly, sure. right? So it's just like – that's what I'm saying. Nurture the friendships and not fucking build the foes, right? Yep, that's that's totally. just the bottom line, right? So – Thank you very much, John, for Manny, suggesting. Thank you very much for uh, thank, thank the you for the wine, dude. The the Barlow, the that was a good one, man. That was a good one, right? That was yeah. a good one, seriously, yeah. man. Yeah. So I'm telling you, podcasts are a lot better with meal. Absolutely, <laughs> we do the morning podcast, but they're like orange juice. You know what? <laughs> I was on the morning podcast. I'm not a morning person. I don't do that. <laughs> oh, that man. was the morning when you did. Yeah, it was the morning, the morning one. Morning. It was first thing in the morning. We five five a.m. I don't know what we were. No, not that early, yeah. man. It, it might have been eight o'clock. I think it was like eight o'clock. Carlito yeah. wouldn't wake up that early. That's. I think he's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's gone, man. It's whatever. We got to wrap it up, gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks again. Anybody who's looking for stickers, please reach out to me, DM me, email me, info at theconstructionlife.com, DM me on hardcorerentals.com. Don't forget to follow Jim Carrick on Jim Carrick on IG, and also Carrick Hall Construction on IG. Show number 131, dude. Thanks so man. much for coming back. Awesome. I'm you know on what? my way to get 200 this year. I like that. And I know I'm going to hit it. I like. I that. just feel like I'm gonna hit it. You know what? I kind of feel inadequate being a co-host next to Jim Couric. He's the he's the goddamn man. Everyone respects him. I love that because guy, the guy man. has been through a lot of shit. I'll introduce you to one I one love day. That Seriously. Guy. Well, we are planning on doing the uh, roundtable. That's gonna totally, happen. I would totally fanboy with Jim Couric. Seriously, and absolutely. He, he's super nice, down to earth, really? and, and he tells you the truth, and he doesn't screw around, and we have lots of laughs. There's lots of shit that we talk about that he, we don't record. We can't record. Crush. <laughs> Jim's my new we man. Can't Jim's, that. Jim's solid. Jim's solid. Totally <laughs> solid, man. So I'm actually seeing him on Sunday. So he's coming back from skiing, and then we're going to be recording a show with the uh, the young gentleman from OYAP. We're going to talk about apprenticeships. Ah. I'm really excited about that show. I love it. I love so it. So we got a lot of great shows. Everyone tune in. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and making our numbers grow and grow and grow and grow. Thank you very much, John. Thank you very much, Carlos, man. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All the best for your business, man. Take care. Thank you. Talk to you guys later. Ciao.